0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes
3: everything.
4: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
3: And here we go. The Fox Sports Sunday train keeps rolling on. I'm Bernie Fratto, Coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 8 p.m. tonight as we've got a plethora, a cornucopia of sports topics to tackle. And well, as soon as I get home, I want to look those words up. But seriously, folks, we've got NFL stuff. We've got college football stuff, Major League Baseball news. You may have heard about Spider Tac. No, they are not the opening act for Guns N' Roses. We've got great guests. We've got NBA. we got it all. But first, let me bring in my Fox Sports Radio partner today. Yes, he's the biggest thing to come out of Philadelphia since Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and the Spinners say hello to 11-year NBA veteran, Katino Mobley. What's up, Katino? How are you living today?
2: What's up, brother? I, you, I'm sorry, I just rushed over. My son had the most amazing soccer game. He's so good. Uh, you guys know Jermaine Jones? He was a professional soccer player. So my son was playing against his two sons. His his two sons are studs, and my son he uh, they tied the score of uh, five five. My son had four goals. It was incredible.
3: So last week it was 7 nothing. Tonight you ran into some competition. 5 5. Shootout.
2: Yeah. 5 5. My son had four goals. He scored from out of. He was, it was a um, corner kick, and he scored from out of. Uh, Very nice. The it was crazy. That's crazy. Those set son.
3: pieces are huge. Well, if he's yeah. doing corner kicks, he's got some skills. Yeah. DNA's you,
2: crazy. DNA's you, crazy. You put a. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Good to hear. Keep us posted. Last week it was like forty nine nothing team Catino. Yeah, this yeah. week it's it was more like, well, let's call it 42 forty two thirty five for the good guys. right? Uh,
2: this guy, he's something else, man. He loves it.
3: I think that's a wonderful thing. I told you last week my daughter Jamie played division one soccer, you know, but you keep him going. It's a terrific sport and he'll find his way into the sport he loves best and obviously he's got the good genes. Uh, before we get into the what I believe continue to be the biggest story of the week and a story that's going to carry on and have legs for weeks, and we're going to be joined by John Paul Morosi at about 5.20 to talk about it, I want to talk briefly about Bucks nets and we, yes, we are going to mm-hmm. get back into the NBA playoffs tonight. Storylines all over the place. It's now been relegated to a best-of-three series. The storyline, though, Kyrie goes down in the second quarter. I saw it. It didn't look pretty. You think he's going to wake up tomorrow with a lot of swelling? The x-rays were negative, but so what? I believe it's a soft t- uh, a soft tissue injury. By the way, tip of the cap to P.J. Tucker. He was all over uh, Kevin Durant, 9 of 25 from the floor, 11 of, uh, 3 of, of 11 from three-point land, very physical. Without his partners out there, Durant doesn't have the space to operate. Do we have a series?
2: We, we definitely have a series, and I just want to – you know, it's, listen, Kevin Durant is the best thing smoking, right? Like, oh, my goodness. It, you know, he's amazing. But I want people to really reflect and understand that this is how good LeBron James is in a way where, you know, when Kevin doesn't have his guys, it's a little more difficult. P.J. only played 29 minutes. Kevin played 42 minutes, okay? So, at the end of the day, it, it, you still need a team. You still need guys. And when Kyrie goes down, James is already down. And Blake, you know, Blake played, you know, okay, and spurts, but it wasn't the the old Blake that we know, right? So maybe he got to get back into his rhythm. But, you know, PJ's just he's physical, man. And and you can't stop Kevin Durant, but you can make him take tough shots, right? So if you start off really early of of being physical with him, putting your body on him like PJ was doing, and having that help side defense just in case, you know, he's a seven foot it's called tarantula, right? <laughs> tarantula, whatever you want to call it. But uh, you know he's the best scorer we ever we ever seen, uh, in all facets. But, you know this this series is is going to be a nail biter. I just don't like uh, for me I just don't like how the Bucks rely so much on Giannis Ison from the top and shooting you know fifty threes. I, it, it needs to be it need tweak a little bit you know because it's the playoffs.
3: I couldn't agree with you more. Giannis uh, did end up with thirty four points today. This was an inartful game. Many times during the game, Coutinho, it did not even look like an NBA game to me. Mike James taking the ball from paint to paint, driving the lane against three trees. Terrible shots, shot selection. Let's just put it this way. We've got a three-game series. And the overriding, perhaps, storyline of this NBA playoffs – When you consider what happened to ad and how lebron was not healthy Donovan mitchell goes down last night i do believe he'll play tomorrow and now you have the situation with kyrie it's becoming perhaps a war of attrition we'll see what happens hold that thought we are going to be coming back with a lot of nba stuff but i want to get to the big story of the week look for a hundred years uh baseball players have been trying to get an edge with bats, hitters have used pine tar. Uh, there's been steroids, uh, corked bats, pitchers' saliva, sweat, KY jelly. Uh, Joe Necro had the famous emery board that fell out of his. You want to get more movement on the ball. And now the grip that that pitchers are able to obtain with uh, spider tack, they have... Uh, Tremendous spin rates, which creates movement on the ball. Some of those pitches coming in there look like wiffle balls you're trying to hit. And these guys already had nasty stuff. 20 years ago, the average Major League fastball was about 89. Now it's about 94. Plenty of guys get up 97, 98. There is a difference between 94 and 98. You can make a mistake over the middle of the plate when you throw 98. You can't so much at 90, 91. By the way, there have been over 400 pitches this year, clocked at over 100 miles an hour, We've got a situation now where baseball is stepping in. In the 1920s, they banned the spitball. Now it's the 2020s, and baseball is going to act this week. What's your take on this story, Catino?
2: You know, listen, I've never been – a person that can hit the ball. So (laughs) it can be 30 miles. (laughs) hour. not easy. Listen, I I tell people this all the time. Terrell Davis uh, is one of my close friends, and we talk about who's the better athlete, you know, the football player or basketball player. I say basketball. Of course he says football. I said, you know, baseball to me, not saying they have to be athletes, but it's the hardest, like it's one of the, inside the sport, it's one of the hardest things to do is to hit the ball. I mean, you have well, sliders, let's... you have, you know, four. I mean, it's just it's the craziest thing in the world for me. So uh, no matter if it's a 100 or it's 90, 80, 70, 60, i, I just never been a person that can hit the ball.
3: It's not easy, Coutinho. Uh, know, when you're trying to hit a round object with another round object that's going north <laughs> at 90 miles an hour, uh, I play the game at a high enough level to know what that's like. I face pitchers who got to the major leagues. I face pitchers in spring training camp who had been in major league camp And not only that, they can put a wrinkle on the ball. They have great control. They've got command. And the spin right now is the thing that you're hearing about. It has to do with revolutions per minute. And the tighter and the faster the spin is tougher to hit. There's a reason the batting average in the major leagues cumulatively this year is 237. That's Mm -hmm. the lowest since 1968, which was of course, the year of the pitcher. Bob Gibson had the microscopic ERA. The following year, they lowered them on from 15 inches to 10 inches. I'm not sure what they're going to do if they're going to do anything. They want to reverse this so they put more offense back into the game and get a little bit more of an even keel. It's flipped 180 degrees from a few years ago. You know, Chicks dig the long ball. They're hitting home runs right and left. The games are all 10-8. to eight. Fans may like that, but at a point, even that got to be uh, mundane. The bottom line is now baseball will be stepping in this week, issuing a memo. They're putting uh, the final touches on a memo that will go out – to all the teams, and it will document a new rule against foreign substances with the expectation that the document forwarded to teams will be, you know, a forewarning issue to players. So here's, you've got a week, week and a half to get your act together. All right. We may not implement this rule until maybe mid to late June. So we'll have a bit of an elongated rollout. And the bottom line is. We don't want to find any violators of the foreign substance. We want to get it cleaned up before we have to enforce the rule. They they're not going to start the enforcement yet because they want to give all parties time to give the pitchers time to adjust. They don't want to have any suspensions. The fact that baseball is having this kind of conversation, it you know, was a pretty good season. TV ratings are up, a lot of fun. Fans are back. I don't think it's necessarily a good look for baseball, Coutinho.
2: No, not at all. I, listen, I, you know, I um I remember when uh, just back in the day when it was a uh, Jose Caseco, Mark McGuire, a lot of those guys in the, so you know, whether it's Barry Bonds, and he was just talking about, um, you know, different substances or whatever you're using. I, me personally, I can't. Me, Catino, and I'm a, I'm a pro. I can't take what they took and be able to hit a ball. <laughs> That's just not, you know. I just I just for me, I don't I don't see what the and it was, about it was all he, about recovery. I, yeah, I just I I th- listen. I think when you're getting paid that much money. And you're getting paid to entertain while you're competing, unless it's like detrimental. I I don't understand why you shouldn't be able to make the game better. I, I think it makes the I mean it makes the game better in so many different ways for a lot of guys. There's guys out there that probably take these substances or whatever it is, whatever whatever we we're, we're talking. It, it, that you don't see pitch well or hit well or you know do anything, but it's just the guys that that uh, you know um, break records or what have you, now Now it's a microscope. I, it's, I don't think that's fair.
3: You bring up an excellent point. You do want to have a level playing field. And actually, you brought up something pretty insightful having to do with what will probably have to be a conversation for another day. But over the length, I've always marveled at the major league athlete. You played 82 games in a regular season pretty much every other night for six months. And if you are of sound mind and body and able to perform, that's all to the good. So if you're taking supplements that will enable you to recover faster – Keep your strength, keep your explosion, uh, keep your mental wits about you so you don't get mentally fatigued and then physically fatigued. I think it's fine. And baseball, look, everything from magic coffee to greenies to Mm -hmm. steroids, Mm -hmm. they've been doing it forever. Now it's just flipped over to the pitcher's side. And because of what the result has been, I don't think the fans and baseball and certainly the powers to be uh, like what they're seeing.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, of course. uh, uh, But at the end of the day, if you take every single pitcher that's out there and you give them the same supplement – Every single pitcher is not going to pitch the same. Everybody has their different talents. Um, I, I just don't. I don't agree with. I, you know, that should be being an athlete, right? It's just because you take some that don't mean you're going to become that much better. Some people just don't.
3: That's right. Right. I, you know, in, in you brought up Jose Canseco. Obviously, in getting to know you, you ob- obviously have a very storied athletic career. But you're a fan too. You you pay attention. For sure. And, you know, Jose. Freely admitted that he was going through the low minor leagues of the 80s. If he hadn't taken steroids, he never would have got to the big leagues because his body developed and he got, he got stronger. Mm-hmm. What happens is fatigue sets in when you play a long baseball season, and the bat gets a little heavier later in the year. Your bat speed slows up a little bit, and balls you should be driving. You might be falling back. That's why players look for that edge. Now pitchers are looking for that edge, Catino, and this is going to be an interesting topic we're going to talk about with John Paul Morosi in just a minute. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something new for Father's Day. A DSC six-blade razor is perfect for an extra-close, precise shave. Get one now at a store near you or as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash Jonas. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Jonas. Last time I ran a tongue from that place. You know... Old Gaylord Perry is once kicked out of a game because the umpire said he was applying a foreign substance to a baseball. This stuff was called KY Jelly, and he yelled back at the umpire. Says, said, what do you mean? This isn't a foreign substance. They make it right here in Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> the moral of the story is, is baseball in hot water again? We catch up with John Paul Morosi straight ahead. He's Catino Mobley. I'm Bernie Frato. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio on Fox Sports Sunday. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Frado, joined by 11-year NBA veteran, the pride of Philadelphia, Katino Mobley. We're here until 8 p.m. Pacific tonight, talking Major League Baseball in the news. We'll be catching up with John Paul Morosi here in just a second. Catino, you brought up about a good point. You brought up a good point about players trying to get an edge, but if you're an athlete, Playing against those players that are using a foreign substance on a baseball or a bat, or foreign substances in your body to give you an edge—that's uh, not something that you believe is actually something that helps the game.
2: Um, I, I listen. It's like you like say if we're both we're both boxing, okay? Right. Sure. And you pick Freddie Roach. You yep. you 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 and Freddie. You have the money to get Freddie. You have the money for nutrition. You have the money for this. You have the money for that. I don't have that. Right? Is that an advantage? Sure. Right? Like de- sure. Like it's you know what I'm saying. Like some people, like LeBron James, spends 1.5 million dollars of his money to train off season and for regular season. Right for during the season. Right. Um. Um. Supplements. Uh, you know, uh what you eat, right after you eat, before you eat, the whole the whole thing. It's just it's it's one big picture. Right? So for me, watching Scottie Pippen and Michael and those guys with uh Tim Grover, like you 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 need as much as possible to entertain the fans. Fans don't want you hurt, fans don't want you fans don't think you're human. You know, you have to you shouldn't be sick. Right, you sh- you you know the family like they don't care about that. They care about you playing the game. So when guys take off and things like that, it's because of like a meltdown mentally or this that whatever. I have no clue. Whatever it is that these guys have that's going on, but I, listen, unless it's like the bat is corked or, um, I don't know the the glove. I have no clue. Right. I, I just think when it comes to your body. Anybody can take these things, and and there's no guarantee that those people are going to perform at the highest level. That's just my opinion.
3: No, I think it's a good opinion, and it's an informed opinion, and you are speaking from experience. I talked to a lot of Major League players back in the 90s uh, who resented other players who took performance-enhancing drugs uh, simply because it was not a fair fair advantage, and it it could make the fan wonder, the average fan wonder, when they walk into the game – Is the integrity of the outcome today secure, or does one side have an unfair advantage? And I know that there are a lot of players that say, well, we're willing to take that risk. We're willing to take the risk of getting caught. We think in the long run it helps us, but the truth of the matter is there can always be a price to pay, and not all athletes are willing to put substances in their body when they don't really know what they're putting in. Just ask Ken Caminiti, a sad case Unfortunately, San Diego Padres, Houston Astros died prematurely. A heavy anabolic steroid user. Same with Lyle Alzado. All right, we have our guest. Let's go to a gentleman. He's the poet laureate of Fox Sports Radio when it comes to baseball and hockey. A fellow Michigander. Say hello to John Paul Morosi. John, uh, thanks for making time tonight, buddy. John, what's up, buddy?
2: Bernie Catino,
6: this is great to be talking with both of you gentlemen tonight. Uh, Love this time of year. Playoffs going on, baseball going on. Thanks for the invitation to be on the show today.
3: Good to have you. And let's dive right in because this week I understand Major League Baseball is putting the final touches on a memo that will detail the sport's new rule against foreign substances, hoping that in the next 10 days this starts to get cleaned up on its own. How do you envision this rolling out, especially if umpires have to stop the game to enforce this?
6: Well, it's a great question, and it's an important question, because we have rarely seen baseball undertake something of this magnitude in the middle of a season. It's a very unique set of circumstances. But I do think, and Ken Rosenthal has reported on this in in detail, we will see times when umpires stop pitchers on their way off the field or baseball personnel – do. uh obviously people who are there at the side of the field able to examine the pitcher or uh test different aspects of the pitcher's gear or, or examine the baseballs i mean there there is enough information out there uh from a dare i say forensic standpoint with the baseball itself and and gear that's been examined that they have a pretty good idea of who has been using substances and so they can uh, maybe not randomly but somewhat Uh, with an educated process here, target those that they believe have been violating the rules. And and really, they're within their rights to do that, guys, because this is part of the rules of the game that that just haven't been enforced. And now everyone's on notice. They're going to be enforcing it, and it's going to be a very interesting several weeks for the game, to be sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, John, that's that's interesting to me, Scatino. Um, I, I personally... I agree with you guys when it comes to the baseball, the bats, you know, whatever it is, the, the, the deflating the ball, and you know, you can't do that with the basketball. But you
6: know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, but, right, exactly.
2: But you know, so I'm not really as educated uh, when it comes to this. I haven't played baseball since I was in grade school, and uh, football in high school. But you know, um, I do understand whether it's the ball bat or the football. You know, that advantage, especially for if you're a pitcher and you have that advantage, you know, the batter needs to, if the pitch is going to be like that, then the batter bats needs to be <laughs> a little more corked or whatever it is. I, I have right, no clue. Right. But when it comes to anything else, when you put it inside your body, um I was explaining, I was just saying, to my, you know, just my own experience, it, it doesn't guarantee that you become this, you know, batting 400 or, you know, hitting the ball 400, you know, 400 feet or I, you know I, I just it just those certain things but you know I, I you know if the if the umpire's is literally uh, his job is to check to keep the game you know of, of above uh, ground then I, I have no problem with that well I think because you know a couple
6: of things are going on here I mean number one the reason why baseball has looked at this so in such a detailed fashion is that the game this year and in recent years, has stopped looking like the game that we fell in love with. For example, you would look at it if if every NFL game was ten to seven or seven to three, or every NBA game was forty-one thirty-nine. Uh, we would start to say, "Wait a minute, if something's up here. We have to address whatever the underlying cause is." And similarly, if every, if every NBA game was 210 to 203 we'd be saying the same thing and basically what's happened in baseball is we've just seen so many strikeouts and so few balls put in play per per minute played if you will Mm -hmm. that that the people in charge of the sport broadly speaking have said listen we have to make an adjustment and i think they're right here They're, they're right to take a look at this because the game as it's being played now, it's still great. You still have Tatis doing what he's doing. You still have Vlad Jr. doing what he's doing. You still have DeGrom doing what he's doing. You still have some great individual stories. But the average game is not as action-packed and fluid from an athletic standpoint as it should be. And that has to be addressed. And so what's happening here is we're taking something that is unnaturally occurring – which is the ball being loaded up or pitchers putting substances all over their bodies and, and now addressing this. Right. And I think this is what uh, to me, Catino and Bernie, it is while some people might say, well, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're adding in additional checkpoints to a baseball game. is not that going to slow things down. My response is let this enforcement do its job. And if it does the job that I believe it will, the game will start to look more like the version of it that we all fell in love with years ago.
3: Talking with John Paul Morosi, I'm I'm in agreement, buddy. You rarely see a ground ball to the right side anymore. And and by the way, the league batting average is now cumulatively 237, the lowest since the year of the pitcher, 1968. And that year they made an adjustment lowering the mound from 15 inches to 10 inches to reduce some of their trajectory from a pitcher who's tall and his high release point John, I know they're experimenting with other things, including moving the mound back a foot in one of the minor leagues. Do you expect baseball to make any demonstrative changes in the offseason to bring offense back into the game?
6: Well, Bernie, it's an important question. And what I think could happen here is that it largely depends on the results of this enforcement of the foreign substance issue. Because I know Stephanie Epstein, who did a great story on this in Sports Illustrated. Uh, there was a a source quoted in Stephanie's story who said, listen, you're talking about all these different aspects of the game and banning the shift, moving the mound, uh, changing uh, how often you could throw over to first base, uh, the, the, the no pitch intentional walk, different things that have been added to the game to either speed it up or try to help the offense. And, and the opinion of this source in the game to Stephanie was that addressing the foreign substance issue will do more than all of those things combined.
2: It's interesting. And So, okay,
6: so guys, we, I think, to me, we have to wait and see what happens here. I think one of the things baseball has done is, while it's been controversial on some level, they took the first third of the season, April and May, First two months said, listen, we're going to gather information and then see what we have to do. And their their discernment of the first couple months of the season was, hey, we got to make an adjustment here. And so they're now in the process of doing that. And I really think, guys, the next several weeks leading up to the All-Star game, it's going to be a very... Interesting time for the national pastime.
2: I'm gonna start looking more about that because it's it's that this starting. It's it's interesting now that you guys kind of put that in perspective for me to really see and study now. Because in basketball, you know, you go to 80s in the in the um, 90s. Uh, it was more of a brute, right? 70s, yeah. 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, the Knicks. You know, I, I, I was coached by Jeff Van Gundy and, and Tom Thibodeau, who were amazing defensive coaches. So they were possession ball, right? So it's about, right. you know, they want to give you about 70, 75, maybe 77 possessions, right? A game.
6: Right, so, right. So, I
2: mean, that's that's brutal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. They want to see scoring. So then they put it out there where you can't really touch and now you see scores are going up at 100 you know 105 110 100 you know those type of things so uh, you know the fans want to see more of that but then you have the other fans old school fans like oh you know guys are not playing you can't touch we want old school again so you just you just never know right it's right no amazing.
6: that's that's a that's a great point cuz you know because you look at it and i mean i, I grew up in the '80s and '90s, as Bernie knows, and watching the, the Pistons play the Celtics, Great watching the basketball. Pistons play the Lakers, and the Pistons play the Bulls. I mean, think about this: if you look if you like, popped in the tape of, of an old uh, broadcast of the Pistons Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals from like 1987, and ask yourself how many of those hand checks from like b- between like Dumars and Ainge and yes. Isaiah and Vinnie Johnson and you know, Dennis Johnson, I mean, like, how many of those fouls would have been called now? It's like it's, it's a different sport, right? Yes,
3: yes, yes. Great stuff, John. Uh, I wish we had more time. As always, appreciate the depth of knowledge you bring. Big week ahead for Major League Baseball, and I know you'll do a great job covering it.
6: Thanks, gentlemen. We, anytime you want to reminisce about some of those great, you know, Celtics, Sixers, Pistons. Oh, I didn't like like that era of, of the game, man. Like I, I, those I are my, some great years. I can talk about that all day, my friends. I love <laughs> it. Right,
3: right, right, right. Back at you. I, I can still I can still picture Vinny Johnson and Adrian Dantley clanging heads as the entire city uh, that of Detroit. Was a tough
6: moment back in the oh, yeah. oh Bert, stole <laughs> Bert stole a ball. Bert stole a ball. All
3: right, thanks, JP. I'm about to Thank lose guys, my mind. It.
6: Thanks so much.
3: Coming right. up, we dive back into the NBA. Will Leona struggle the remainder of this series, or did he find his groove today? But first... Let's go to the Renaissance man, Steve DeSager with the latest.
7: Hello, gentlemen. The Sunday night ball games at Wrigley Field, Chicago, and the Cubs are leading 2-0 over the Cardinals. And in the top of the sixth, Zach Davies throwing a one-hitter with six strikeouts so far. Earlier, the Dodgers held on for a 5-3 victory against Texas. The Rangers scored three runs in the top of the ninth and left the bases loaded. The save to Kenley Jansen. The Angels won their sixth straight, 10-3 at Arizona. Arizona's lost 10 in a row. Oakland won again, 6-3 over Kansas City. Winning pitcher Chris Bassett now 7-2. And And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of Toronto hit his 21st home run to lead the Majors 18-4. Blue Jays were winners at Boston. In fact, the Jays hit eight home runs. In tonight's NBA playoff game, it's early second quarter at Denver. And the Suns are winning 28-24. Now, Denver did start Monty Morris. And he had nine points to lead the team in the first quarter. However, Denver down three games to none in the series. Season could be ending tonight. A Game 5 would be Tuesday nights in Phoenix. Milwaukee tied up its second round series against Brooklyn, two games apiece. Game five in Brooklyn Tuesday. Today's final was 107-96. Giannis Attenokounmpo, 34 points. The story, the Nets' Kyrie Irving leaving with a sprained ankle. He was reportedly on crutches afterward. Kevin Durant with 28 points. Monday night, Philadelphia up two games to one plays at Atlanta. Utah up two games to one plays at the Clippers. In the NHL playoffs, semifinal opener to the Islanders, 2-1 at Tampa Bay. Number Number one, Novak Djokovic won the French Open in five sets in a comeback. It's his 19th career Grand Slam title. The record is 20. Wimbledon begins in two weeks. The U.S. Open golf tournament starts Thursday in San Diego. Garrick Higo won the Palmetto Championship, a one-off event that replaced the canceled Canadian Open. This is a guy who started the day six back. And cash is a check for over $1.3 million stealing this one. The Dolphins gave linebacker Jerome Baker a three-year extension worth over $28 million guaranteed. The U.S. women's soccer team will be facing Jamaica after 10 p.m. Eastern on FS1 tonight from Houston, another tune-up for the Olympics. Brazil on Fox TV opened Copa America with a 3-0 victory against Venezuela. NASCAR's all-star race is on FS1 as we speak. It'll be 100 laps total. They're through 20 laps. And the leader is Ryan Blaney for the moment. Back to you.
3: Thanks so much, Steve. As uh, Steve mentioned, uh, Coutinho, Giannis, 34 points today, 34 and 11 in 38 minutes. The series is 2-2. I would like to see Giannis have a successful postseason. They've been fantastic in the regular season, as everybody knows, the last two years in the postseason. Not so much the number's not pretty. The numbers don't lie. Heading into today's game, Giannis had been 17% from behind the arc, even 24% from the free throw line. Is something going on between the years there, Katino? If you could sit him down, what would you tell him?
2: Well, listen, I, he has shooters around him, and I think the shooters are oppressed, right? I don't I don't think any teams you shoot 53s a game uh, when you have a lot of slashers. Uh, you got a lot of guys. Listen, Middleton can get to the, get, the basket. Holiday can get to the basket. Cunnington can get to the basket. Of course, Giannis can get to the basket. I think when you see Blake drifting off of him or, you know, truthfully, when you see a guy drifting off of you like that, it's kind of disrespectful. And when you can't really shoot that well, it plays with your mind a little sure. bit. You're sure, sure. Daring you to shoot. Right, daring you to shoot. And then when you have an ego, you're going to shoot. So you're going to go one. The other day he was, what, 0 for 4, <laughs> right? Uh, they still won, but he was 0 for 4 in the beginning, attempting threes. So I think what he should do is when you see Blake sagging off of you at the at the free throw line and you're at the top of the key, how about dribble handoff to a guard, right? Because now Blake is behind you, right, and he's out of position. And now what you're doing is you're setting a guard up to come off of a screen and roll with you, and now Blake has to come up faster, okay, because that guard can come off and, and pull up. Now you roll to the basket, you get easier buckets. I just think he needs to adjust a little bit. Um, I, I won't I don't really take this game as a game that they played extremely well in because Kyrie, got, Kyrie got hurt yes. right they didn't shoot well from 3 truthfully and it was pretty much even every quarter right so the Nets 26 23 next quarter they uh, the Bucks won by 8 the, then the Bucks won by 7 Kyrie got hurt and then the Nets you know won the last quarter so it's just like for me I I I I kind of critique the game a little differently um, and I think he needs to t- tweak his game somewhere. It's more dribble handoffs, especially as soon as you see Blake uh, or whoever it is, KD, hit me. He had, had, three, he had three charges today, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, KD, Blake, it, it, you, don't, you you don't have to do that. You can do more things, and he's good enough to be able to adjust. So when you see those things, I think he needs to adjust faster.
3: So we know basketball is a game of runs. Brooklyn led by 11 early in the game. Milwaukee had a bit of a run. It was basically an even game when Kyrie went down. Milwaukee seemed to get a lot of confidence after that. I like what you brought up about uh, Giannis, though. He's got the ball in his hands. There's an old saying, the more you think, your feet get slower. Mm -hmm. When that defender sags off, my concern is I'm not sure he is matured enough, he's still a young man, to know what his default mechanism is. If it were me, you want him to beat the guy off the bounce, get to the hole. You might draw contact. You might get a bucket and get to the line for the third point. The long and the short of it is sometimes he's indecisive. You can pass. You can dribble, you can shoot, and oftentimes I feel what's going on in his mind is that hesitancy, which is causing the uncertainty and the lack of confidence. To your point, instead of perhaps making the right decision with the ball and getting it to an open player or beating your guy off the bounce, getting to the rim, drawing contact, maybe getting to the line, perhaps he's not making the right decision.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, this is the thing. Listen, it's his. It, it, he's. He's young, but he's not young. He's been in the he's league. He's experienced. He's right. been enough. Yes. So you have four years where Boston's done this to you, Miami's done this to you, right? There's teams that's done this to you, and it, and you're number one in the league, number one on the East, and you still get ounced, right? You're MVP, but you they still beat you. And it beat you bad. So now what you have to do is, to me, if you're sagging off 15 feet from the basket, as soon as I go retreat back all the way up so I can start downhill, is what they call it, going downhill to the basket, I'm going to dribble towards one of my guards. I'm going to give them the ball, let them come off of a screen, because then now whoever it is that's sagging off of you, they have to retreat up faster now. Or that guard that you gave it to is open for a a pull-up. Now you roll to the basket. If there's no defense, you dunk the ball, defense comes in, that guard can make a play and kick it to the corners. It's easy like that. Now it's it's harder for them to wait because he's getting offensive charges or they're getting their hands on the ball because they're already in the paint. I tell people this all the time. Unless you're like Yao Ming, you know, George and, oh, you
3: know those, <laughs> George Mirazan.
2: Right, right. Unless you're those guys, the closer you get to the basket, the shorter you become.
3: Well, it's very true, especially when you dribble into the trees like Mike James kept doing today. Well, every day in America, a new star is born. It's now a three-game series. Giannis has a chance to make a name for himself. It, it, look, I think he feels the pressure. Mm-hmm. I think there is self-imposed pressure, pressure for – and you make a good distinction. He's experienced. He's got enough NBA basketball under his belt. But at somewhere along the line, I'm not sure what's going on between his ears, Fear is holding mental pictures of what you don't want to happen. Giannis just needs to overcome that hump because he's got all the clubs in his bag. Here's his chance to prove it. Speaking of hitting baseballs, is Kyler Murray having a hankering for his old sport? We dis- we discuss straight ahead. He's Catino Mobley. I'm Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto, joined by 11-year NBA veteran, Katino Mobley, we are here till 8 p.m. Pacific. Coutinho, uh Kyler Murray, I think, has had an outstanding first couple of years with the Arizona Cardinals as their quarterback. He was the number one pick overall. Look, it wasn't that long ago when NFL draft scouts, they were a little concerned because they couldn't figure out what level of commitment Kyler Murray had because he not only had a promising football career, he also had a promising baseball career. He was a highly touted player in high school and played in college as well. Ended up being drafted in 2018 by the Oakland A's with the ninth overall pick. Actually signed the deal and very much had intentions of showing up to Major League Baseball spring training the following year. But he went on to win the Heisman Trophy, became the first overall pick, and the rest is history. However, when OTAs were wrapping up the other day in Arizona Cardinal camp, someone asked about the dream he once had to potentially head back to the baseball diamond. And what does he say? He says, well, if the time came to do what I wanted to do, I don't know, but I'm going to leave it open. I think I can still play baseball for sure. Don't shortchange me. If you're a teammate, what do you think of that comment?
2: Uh, Listen, if he can do it, I, I see no problem with that. Uh, That's one of his loves. Uh, You don't want a person going into any situation, relationship, because it's a relationship, right? Uh, He has a a love for a relationship, a love for football. He has a love for baseball. My thing is as long as it doesn't interfere with what we're doing over here. But, again, he has something. uh, In his contract, I think I read this not too long ago, that uh, he can lose money if he does try to pursue baseball uh, uh, opposed to – being a full-on dedicated to uh, football, but uh, for me, just personally, if he was my teammate, I would let him. I would let him play.
3: You sure? And it's not something I want to overreact to. I would just say this: that I think Kyler Murray has a very polite disposition about him. He comports himself very well in press conferences. He's very affable. So it was it was more of a conversational thing, and I think it was a situation where he was merely responding uh, to a question he was asked. Here's the only challenge. I mean, look, Bo Jackson did it. Brian Jordan did it. Deion Sanders did it. They're guys that can do it. I've never seen a quarterback do it. Now, I know John Elway, when he came out of Stanford, played a year in the minor leagues with the New York Yankees, and Elway could play. Left-handed hitter, big guy, uh, great arm. And, He's an amazing and, athlete. And, and, yes, in right field. But once he settled in under center, your quarterback is your face, your franchise He's the engine that makes the team go. Without Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray is worth two, three, four wins a year to the Arizona Cardinals. The only, the only thing that would give me pause is that because the position he plays is so critical and he seems to fit so well with what Cliff Kingsbury is trying to do, they compete. They compete very well. They're not quite there yet. They're going to be better this year. they got J.J. Watt. They've got weapons. He's got targets. Kyler Murray works hard at his craft too. I, I remember when I was covering University of Michigan football they had a prospect named Drew Henson who went to sign with the Yankees and he went into uh, coach Lloyd Carr's office. He'd started the year before and he said, coach, I, I'm going to miss spring football. I'm going to go play minor league baseball. And Lloyd Carr looked at him and said, Drew, I'm just going to warn you. You can't climb two mountains at the same time. He ended up losing his job to Tom Brady and the rest is history. That's my only concern. If it's your quarterback. And again, I give this less than a 10% chance of ever going anywhere, but the thing that would give me pause is the position he plays. Yeah,
2: I, listen, I don't know if it's ever been – it's never been done, one. Uh, so, of course, there's going to be some uh, skepticism of, of, of if you can perform and be in being a, a starting quarterback in the NFL and then going out to play baseball. Uh, we, we talked about these, you know, the John Elways and the Bo Jacksons and, the, you know, Deion Sanders of the world. I remember I was on a plane with um, Dave Winfield. And yeah. Oh, well, my was, goodness. He was, I mean, a massive man. And I'm a big guy. I mean, and he played all these different sports.
3: He did. Dave uh, was six foot six. You're right. Came out of the University of Minnesota yeah. in the early 70s, was drafted in the NBA, was drafted by the San Diego Padres, never played a day in the minor leagues, went straight to the major leagues. My buddy Tim Flannery played with Dave Winfield. And on a lark, he was also drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. But he chose baseball and stuck with that.
2: Did not he and do he, hockey too? Was he a hockey guy?
3: I, he, for all I know, <laughs> a, he may well have been. Growing up in Minnesota, I think you have to play hockey. Exactly. Along.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the Malcolm Gladwell outlier theory. But no, it's a great book. Yeah, no, I love that book. But uh, yeah, so I think you know, I think we should give him a chance. I think we should let him pursue it. Uh, you. This is the thing. I could see if he was going from baseball. And you know they paid him so much money in baseball to football because football is, of course, way more physical. Rarely do you get like hurt in baseball unless you like pull a hammy or something, right? Sure. Like so, it's not—it not
3: a collision sport like football. It's,
2: exactly. So I mean, you're going from football to baseball. I don't really see the harm in it. I, you know, if he has a love for it and he can do both, there's a lot of people that can do you know multiple things now. You well, know, when we were when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you know the. You know, your father and mother's, oh, you get a trade or get your degree. And now kids are 15 years old making millions of dollars just by sitting home on a computer. So it did, I I don't, I'm I'm not going to say because I'm like this old fart that I think, you know, you should do this and you're going to get this. It's uh, to each his own.
3: As you said, I was just about to say that, Catino, as you said last week. Uh, aptly to each his own. I would quote another Malcolm Gladwell book, the 10,000-hour rule, before Mm -hmm. this young man can learn to hit Major League Pitching. He's going to have to spend a lot of time on his craft. And I actually think they've got a very bright future with the Arizona Cardinals. It's a story to watch, nothing to overreact to. But I would say this, the fact that a reporter would ask him that You know, grabs my curiosity. You just never know in this day and age. The man has options. You can't penalize him for at least talking about his options. Coming up, we switch to the new college football playoff potential. He's Catino. I'm Bernie. It's Fox Sports Radio. Keep it locked.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio rolls right on. I'm Bernie Frato, joined by 11-year NBA veteran, the pride of Philadelphia, Katino Mobley. We take you up till 8 p.m. Pacific tonight. And Katino, some big news in college football this week. This Thursday and Friday, the College Football Playoff Management Committee will meet to consider expanding the current four-team field to a 12-team format. What does this mean for the fans? Well, it means instead of seeing three playoff games every year, a semifinal, two semifinal games, and a final, we'll see 11. Good for TV, good for the universities, good for the sport, good for Las Vegas. I can give a lot of reasons why I think this is very good, and I'm going to, but what was your knee-jerk reaction when you first heard this announcement?
2: (laughs) I love it. I love college football. Um, I got away from it for a little bit because of my younger kids. But uh, when I you know, I played football before I played basketball, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to go to the University of Miami um, to be quarterback there. Um, I My cousin, John Mobley, was linebacker for the Denver Broncos. So we, mm-hmm. we're more of a boxing football family. And um, I just never I never thought that the other teams got a chance towards the end of the season to be able Thank to you. prove how good they were. Uh, you know, just like the NCAA's in basketball, right? So you you have the, there's there's Damian Lillard's and the C.J. McCollum's and the, all the different small schools or mid-major schools that are out there with amazing talent guys, um, and you never get to see them. You just get to see the Ohio States and the Floridas and those of the world. So, I think with this this twelve uh, team system, I think it'll be great for not only just these different schools to fight, but just for the fans to be able to see more talent.
3: Six automatic bids, six at-large bids. This makes the conference championship meaningful, in my view. It creates a better meritocracy. This is coming from somebody who, on September first, two 2007, was at the Big House covering Appalachian State, monumental upset over Michigan. Over the years, we've seen Central Florida. We've seen Boise State. Mm -hmm. How about Cincinnati last year going undefeated before they got to their bowl game? And what... You know, in what universal competition sport do you win your conference going defeated, not have an opportunity to play for a championship? Now, we've come a long way. I was never a fan of the BCS, but it was better than nothing. Then we finally graduated five years ago, six years ago, to the current format we have now, the Final Four, which to me was always fundamentally flawed because you have five power conferences and you have four bids. Makes no sense to me. Here's how far we really have come, though. And I know USC fans will remember this. You USC fans listening out there in Southern California or wherever you may be, the 1978 USC Trojans were one of the finest college football teams of all time. Paul McDonald, a quarterback. Charles White, future Heisman Trophy winner in the backfield. Vic Rockshani. Remember your tight end? Rockshani in motion. I bet the Sega remembers that. They went down to Alabama, number one versus number two in September 78, and it kicked Alabama's butt. It was 24-7, to late in the fourth quarter. Alabama gets a late touchdown. USC wins 24-14. Where am I going with this? At the end of the year, they took a vote. They get everybody into a room, all the sports writers, many of whom never wore a jock. They light up their Campbell non-filters, have a few cream dements, and they vote. Some of them actually voted. Alabama as the national champion, even though they lost to USC head to head. You had a split national championship that year. This is how far we've come. Now we're going to decide it on the field. And to your point, Coutino, how do we get to a Butler? How do we get to these upsets where Bucknell used to beat Kansas every year, and your great eight seed Rhode Island team was a whisker away from the Final Four? Let it decided on. Let it be decided on the field.
2: Yeah, it's it's a good point. Um, I you know. You know, I don't know. Do you take the same format as NCAA basketball, right? Do you win when you win these conferences, you automatic? Uh, I don't. I do I, I don't know exactly how that setup would be. Uh, but there's some well, a teams. Good point. There's there's some teams that that uh, I think should have, whether it's Georgia, uh, Tennessee. You know, everybody knows the Floridas and the, the Ohio states of the world. But then you have, these, like you said, these other teams that are out there that are amazing, right? There's the diamond in the rough type of teams where they need that showcase. Um, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a, I, I can't wait to see exactly what they come back with after meeting at the end of the week, uh, exactly how this format should be or could be. But to have another extra six teams to be able to compete, to me, um, you know, I mean I, – It's just amazing, right?
3: I can tell you the format that's going to be proposed. Under this proposal that they'll be talking about Thursday and Friday, the 12-team format, as we talked about, the four highest-ranked conference champions, they'll be Power Fives, would be seated one through four and receive a first-round bye. Teams five through 12 would play each other for the first round on the home field The higher ranked team. Now, the quarterfinals and semifinals would be played in the current bowl game structure, and the national championship game would remain at a neutral site. Here's what the committee likes most if you stop and think about it. Their belief is, as a practical matter, the effect of this will be that, still with four or five weeks to go in the season, there could be as many as 25 or 30 teams that still have a legitimate claim and a genuine opportunity to participate in this tournament. So I don't know how that diminishes the regular season in the least. By the way, let's have a little fun, you know. Here's what the college football playoff bracket would have looked like last year had they adopted this last year. The first four seeds, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Clemson, they would all have a bye. Alabama would have played the winner of the number 8-9 seed, which would have been Cincinnati and Georgia. Oklahoma, the number four seed, would play the winner last year of the five twelve contest, Notre Dame and Coastal Carolina. Ohio State, they were the number three seed. They would have lined up against the winner of Texas A&M, Indiana. And finally, Clemson, who was the number two seed, they would have played the winner of Florida, Iowa State. Look at those schools. You tell me if they'd like to have an opportunity to have a tournament of this nature in which I get it. Most likely... Alabama's still going to win a lot of the years. So is Clemson. So is Ohio State. So is Oklahoma. The blue bloods are always going to be the blue bloods, but let's decide it on the field instead of speculating.
2: It's you know, it's it, I was just sitting here thinking about that. It's a li- of course it's it's apples to oranges when it comes to basketball and football, right? Because if you have a basketball player who's played AAU but he doesn't get a lot of um, highly recruited teams, listen. You can be a mid major and still go pro. Absolutely right? in basketball. But look, in, look
3: where Damian Lillard's from, Weaver w- State.
2: Right. So now in football, you got to think about it like this. If I'm a quarterback,
3: or Don, I'm sorry.
2: If if I'm if I'm if I'm a uh, if I'm a uh, quarterback, and I'm playing against the Alabamas of the world, but I'm in a mid major, you know, all they got to do is rush me. <laughs> well, if I don't have a, if I don't have a tight end. I don't have a running back. I don't have a slot. I don't have nothing. But yeah, I'm just an athletic quarterback. It's harder for me. And then guess what? I'm off the field. See, basketball, you're on the, you're on the court the whole time. You can dictate. If you're a guard, you can dictate the game. You you can show your your potential. That's right. that's and football is right. a little different because now not only are you at the Weber States or the Bo- Boise States or wherever you are that's not as you know sophisticated as uh you know the Ohio States of the world. the – Think about their gym. Think about the the, the, the meal plans. Think about, you know, uh, just the, the mental, the, men, the mentality that you have is 53-something players that's going to play against Alabama. A lot of those guys are going to be, you know, excited but scared compared to where you're playing and, and you're in basketball and, you know, you're, you're a guard who's averaging twenty some points. You can dictate a lot of the game because you're just you know it's just totally different that's the only thing where it comes to football and basketball that's so night and day
3: well one of the reasons this is being done and I don't know why folks keep burying the lead because this was bandied about last fall COVID took a year out of our lives as Americans and college athletic departments were decimated uh, I'm sure you talked to a lot of folks, Katino, former associates, people you played with, worked for, worked with, that talked about the incredible budget shortfalls that schools are facing. What this is going to do is go a long way in restoring a lot of that revenue was lost. that was lost. I don't know how that's a bad thing. And give it up to the secondary sports. Uh, let's say your son goes on. Let's, let's just say for, for practical purposes, my daughter had a scholarship at UNLV. Your nice. son goes on, let's say he loves soccer, becomes a great soccer player, gets his education paid for. Well, there were a lot of schools across the country, Stanford, most notably, I think they eliminated like 11 secondary sports. Well, those kids are Division one athletes as well. They compete as well. They got families, they want to get an education as well. Mm-hmm. There, was a of, there, there was a hell of a lot of collateral damage done last year as a result of the COVID situation. What this is going to do is help to heal that and I hope restore maybe some of those programs that were canceled or provide opportunities for students, student-athletes, faculty people that might not have had that due to this budget shortfall.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. My son is actually, he got an extra year because he couldn't play last year. So that helped him out an awful lot. Um, especially developing his body uh-huh. um, and a lot of these kids, uh, the mental breakdowns that they had because, you know, they're more social butterflies than, you know, a lot of people would think. Uh, actually a lot of grownups are more social butterflies than we think um, and being so restricted and being inside Very the Very true. Very true. So uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not as experienced in, in, in really understanding it that way, but I just, I know as for my son, um it helped him so much more to develop his body and giving him an extra year. It's just kind of like a red shirt, right it's like a red shirt year um you know and, and back when I played um in college, you know, red shirt was it's, even in football, right you red shirt freshman in basketball, you red shirt so you are not rushing to get out to the real world so fast. you're developing yourself as a man as a as a as a as a woman um and and working on yourself school wise uh, uh, sport wise and every every facet so
3: That's good advice. Look, in every endeavor in athletics, I would tell folks it's not a rush to get there the quickest. It's the quest to stay there the longest and get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking about this uh, 12-team playoff a lot on my show next Saturday night on Straight Out of Vegas. I'm going to explain why they decided to jump past eight schools to 12. The idea would be if you're going to give six automatic bids and you only have eight schools and there's a decrease at large bids, which – The SEC would probably vote down. Notre Dame would have an issue with that. The bottom line is it's not perfect, and they're going to have a fight on their hands next Thursday and Friday, but I think there's far more good than bad, and I hope they do it. Like I said, I'd love to sit down and watch 11 playoff games this fall as opposed to just three when it's the same four teams over and over. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing, because Discover is accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Coming up, should Aaron Rodgers and the Packers take a page from the Sopranos? John Middlecoff, Host of the three and out podcast on the Colin Coward Podcast Network. He's going to in he's gonna join us to explain. He's Catino Mobley. I'm Bernie Fratto. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. There's
0: no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
3: We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm joined by Katino Mobley. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're here until 8 p.m. tonight. Let's welcome in a gentleman. You hear him on his award-winning three-and-out podcast on the Colin Coward Podcast Network. Say hello to John Middlecoff. John, thanks so much for joining us today.
4: Hey, how are you guys doing?
3: Doing great, and I thought it was very clever. I teased it a bit. You mentioned in your podcast the other day that perhaps Aaron Rodgers and his management team said have a godfather type sit down. The problem is it makes so it makes so much sense these knuckleheads probably won't do it.
4: No, I mean it's just you know sometimes I I've been saying this for a while, you know, if you're coming up as a scout, they don't necessarily have to teach you how to deal with these problems, right? Because as, you know, a personnel director you're not in charge of the entire roster. You help the GM, you help the coach, but ultimately it's never your decisions, right? So you get put in a situation, like in fairness to Gutekinds and LaFour, there, there was no training for this. Even if, let's say, Gutekinds wasn't communicating enough with Rodgers. Well, who would have taught him to do that? So I, I, I do, you know, these situations arise in all, you know, baseball, basketball, football, I've been alive 36 years. They've been happening my entire life with star players. You just, when a guy's good enough, like Aaron Rodgers, you just have to find a way to fix it. And if it makes make him feel better, usually in pro sports, money makes people feel better. But he already makes 37 million dollars. This is not a money issue. No, it is a respect issue. It's I, I don't even know. I mean, only truly Aaron knows. And you just, you know, you just got to kind of treat him like a human and and almost. You know, give in to something and make him feel wanted again, and if that's what it takes, that is on the GM and coach to figure that out for sure.
3: John, say hello to Catino Mobley. Katino, what's going on, man? John, how
2: you doing, brother? Doing great. You know, it's funny. Um, I uh, you guys didn't notice, Brandon, uh, John. I'm I'm actually working out, uh, with uh Aaron up here in California at a place, um, and uh, he looks great. He look he looks really good. Um he's working on his game, right? He's uh he's staying in shape. Uh and like you said, listen, sometimes you know, I, you know in any in any situation with this one with Aaron or just any any situation, I think you know the sit down is so much better than the 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 outside chaos, right? If you could just sit and talk about things. Someone has to like you have to come to some type of compromise. You have to come to some type of understanding and I think for Aaron, I don't know. I don't know what he's done in Green Bay as far as personally, or whatever it is. You know, everybody has his, his, hers, and the the real story. But Aaron Rodgers is to me. I played quarterback. My cousin's John Mobley, linebacker. I grew up with football. I think Aaron Rodgers as just one of the goats of of just being able to place that ball right. He has an arm right. He's smart. His IQ is super high. You're not going to see too many people like that floating around, right? You'd have, uh, you have you uh, no. have Joe Montana, you have the John John Elways, and you have the Aaron Rodgers, and of course, you know Tom Brady. But I would say Tom Brady's is it, just because he has six rings, and, and I love him. He's my favorite. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Dan Marino's and those type of guys. It's just something different about how they throw the ball, and it's just their IQ. Tom's Tom IQ is of course high as heck as well. But, uh, yeah, Aaron, for me, it's just, you know, unbelievable.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I think you have good perspective on this because you played in the NBA, but you obviously have family in the, you know, that played in the NFL and been around both sports. You know, in the NBA, and I I live in the Bay Area, Bob Myers is fantastic. That's my guy. He's the GM of the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know him. He's just great at dealing with people, right? I mean, that's just one of the things I don't think – People act like his job was really easy. You know, it's was hard with Kevin and everything that was going on and Draymond and, like, Clay's easy, but the other guys aren't. And it, it's it's difficult. And I, I think in the NBA, we've seen it forever, right? Pat Riley, they're, they're just good at dealing one-on-one with the star players. As you know, in the NFL, that even the star, star quarterbacks, we saw with Tom Forever with Bill, they don't quite get that treatment. You know? And it's just there comes a time, though, you don't think New England missed Tom Brady last year, you know? And I, I think this this, <laughs> yeah. this was a little bit a little wake up call, right for for the Packers. Like this, this, he's your franchise. And listen, I I'm more of an NFL guy than the NBA in terms of dealing with these situations. But Aaron is good enough to be treated like a Kevin Durant, like a LeBron, where you for just sure. whatever for sure. whatever he needs, he he need, he deserves, you know. Whatever he's after,
2: and that's for. what I don't understand. Why exactly they don't give him exactly what he wants? Right? He's either, he has a really good offensive uh, team, and the defense is lacking, or a really good defensive team. He doesn't have the pieces on offense, and he still does amazing in what he you know in what he has.
4: I I, I think their pushback would be Catino is last year. I, I think two years ago they shocked some people when they made the conference and they got beat by the Niners. But last year their team was legit, right? They were the number one seed. They hosted the Bucks for the NFC Championship game. It's the first. Aaron's been to five of those games. That was the first time they'd ever been in Lambeau. Like their team's really good, and even the team that they got now, like they're basically bringing all their star players back. That I, I think they would easily. I, I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. Like yeah. when they got to the Final Four, I didn't think Campbell was going to beat them. I picked the I picked the Packers. And if you told me Aaron was happy and came back, like I think they'd be right there again. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's no dummy. Like he gets how good the team is. I also think this. You know, in football, you know, because you practice so much, spend so much time with coaches. I don't think you're around the GM and management as much as maybe you are in baseball and basketball.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Even if he hates the GM, I, I don't think Aaron has to see him that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's pretty easy to avoid him. He, you know, I, I, if it was he hated the coach, then it'd be a problem. But if like it's a GM, like whatever, just. They'll just
2: they just naturally kind of avoid each other. You yeah, know, something, Bernie, uh, check check this out, right? And just just perspective, right? The reason why they what thirteen and three the last two years, I think, right, or something That's like correct. That. Thirteen and three last two years, right? Yeah. So I mean, listen, I've been in that position where Steve Francis and I were the stars, and then you had Yao Ming, and right, or when I my rookie year was Charles Barkley, uh, Scottie Pippen, Akeem Olajuwon, and if you have Aaron Rodgers, or you have Kevin Durant, okay, if you have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, LeBron James, we have Aaron Rodgers on the opposite side the day before the game, the week before the game, the perspective, the mental that the defense is trying he just poses, d- that 13 and 3, a lot of that was fear of I can't let him get the ball, if he gets the ball this, that, whatever, right? So yeah, the team yeah. may be good, but that person makes that team, he's like a LeBron James, the person makes sure. the team Tom Brady makes Tom Brady had a whole bunch of guys, right? He, had, he had, we had tight ends, he had running backs, he had wide receivers, he had everything. And the t- one person scares the opponent to a point where it's not the same where Kyrie Irving twists his ankle, the, the, the game is close. Before you know it, it's Kevin Durant still in the game. Blake Griffin still in the game. Very true. And then now, psychologically, they don't have as much fear of one or two other people that, 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 that LeBron James, that Aaron Rodgers is on the other side and he's young and he's ready and he's going to, or he's just, you know, he's capable Tom Brady of literally beating me. It's just, it's just more to it. But people don't see that.
3: We are talking with John Middlecoff, host of the three and odd podcast, Uh, all good points, 26 wins the last two years are in there with uh, Joe Montana, George Seifert territory, John Fox, Peyton Manning, John, I want to switch gears ever so briefly. Speaking of money, the New England Patriots have spent $282 million in free agency this offseason. Unheard of. Bill Belichick does not want to have another losing season. I'm hearing Cam's shoulder is not good. When do you expect Mac Jones to take the reins in New England this season?
4: Well, I think the thing with New England and the offense is really complicated. So, you know, for a rookie, it's just difficult. Now he is coming from Alabama, which is basically like the 33rd NFL team. So, you know, mentally he's going to be equipped to handle it. But, you know, if Cam's healthy, uh, I I still think he'll be the week one starter. But then, like last year, you know, whether it was injuries or whatever, Cam just didn't play that well, but they had no one to replace him, right? Mm -hmm. So. Week seven, week eight, week two, week five—whatever week it is—he plays bad. He's just gonna continue to be the starter, and he was, right? I think one game they yanked him at half for Stidham, but that was just like the game was over. But for the most part, Cam was starting if he was healthy. It changes when you have a first-round pick, right? If you have back-to-back bad games, or you know your completion percentage is poor, even if they're winning, but like you're the problem. That's where at any moment it can happen if they feel comfortable with the rookie. And uh like you said, I mean they spent a lot of money. They did it for a reason. I mean, they were terrible. Like they just, the, the talent wasn't there. And in the NFL, you know, you can't you gotta buy multiple players to improve your team, right? When your team's not very talented That's why and the Tom draft Brady isn't is so enough, <laughs> so they they had to double down.
2: That's why time Brady's so good. <laughs>
4: I know. Sounds like LeBron. And James. They, 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 had a, they had a bunch. Of, they had a lot of opt outs last year too. Mm-hmm. And, and really, in fairness, to Belichick w- that was the worst season they've had in 20 years. We act like they won two games. They did go seven and nine. You right, know, right. it wasn't right. like that. That's that's Bell That's Bill's low point. Like, it, mm-hmm. and it was. Do you know how many teams in the league would just die? Like, you know what the Jags and the Texans and all the bad teams would die to be seven and nine, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, and really that's true. For, for Bill, that felt like one win.
3: John, really good stuff. I wish we had more time. Look, I, I think they're going to get this worked out. Aaron Rodgers has missed 18 games during his entire tenure in Green Bay, and in those games, 6-11-1, Packers better figure this out. This is a real conundrum. John, really appreciate you coming on today.
4: Thanks yeah, a lot, see you guys man. later. Have a good day. All right. I got his,
3: thank you. That's John Middlecoff, host of the 3-and-out podcast on the Colin Coward Podcast Network. I get a kick out of what he said that – They really need to have a sit-down continue. I'll tell you why. Because they need to understand the gravity of this. There are no winners if Aaron Rodgers is not under center for the Green Bay Packers come September. And we'll be talking more about that as the months go on. Coming up, Jordan Love, hey, he had reps with the number one offense in minicamp this week. How did he look? We'll discuss. But first... Let's go to the man, Steve DeSager, for the latest.
7: Hello again. A couple quick NFL notes before we get to the hoops. The Dolphins gave linebacker Jerome Baker a three-year extension. He's led Miami in tackles the last two seasons. And Patriots minicamp opens tomorrow. Quarterback Cam Newton could return from a bruised finger. Second round of the NBA playoffs continuing tonight at Denver. Phoenix leading the series three games to none. Phoenix leading tonight's game 73-70 over the Nuggets. Although Nikola Jokic, the MVP, does have 20 points, 11 rebounds. Devin Booker leading the Suns with 23 points. Milwaukee's tied up two games apiece after defeating Brooklyn 107-96 and Kyrie Irving of the Nets left with a sprained ankle. Already Nets guard James Harden was out again with hamstring tightness. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 34 points in victory game five Tuesday in Brooklyn. Two games tomorrow night in postseason action. In the NHL, the Islanders opened the semifinals with a 2-1 win at Tampa Bay. Number one, Novak Djokovic won the French Open in five sets. His nine 19th career Grand Slam title. The record is 20. The U.S. Open Golf Tournament starts Thursday. Garrick Ego won the Palmetto Championship today. Six players finished one stroke behind. They earned over $400,000 each. Ego had started the day six back. And it's just his second career PGA event. He earns over $1.3 million. The U.S. women's soccer team will be facing Jamaica on FS1 in about a half an hour from Houston. Another tune-up for the Olympics. Brazil on Fox TV today opened Copa America with a 3-0 victory against Venezuela. Brazil ranked number three in the world. England won its opener at the Euro tournament, 1-0 over Croatia. NASCAR's all-star race is on FS1 right now. They're on about lap 80 of the 100 scheduled. Brad Keselowski in the lead. Lead, Chase Elliott running second to Major League Baseball They're in the top of the ninth at Wrigley Field Chicago Cubs still leading the rival Cardinals two nothing two hits is all the Cardinals offense has mustered. Zach Davies was the Cubs starter went six and two-thirds scoreless with six strikeouts for the moment in the NL Central the Cubs a half game behind Milwaukee which has won four in a row it got a 5-2 victory over slumping Pittsburgh today the Pirates left ten men on base the Brewers offense had only five hits 12 strikeouts. Pittsburgh has lost 7 in a row. Arizona's lost 10 straight. The Angels beat him 10-3. to Oakland and Washington with victories. And the Padres got a 7-3 win at the Mets as Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a grand slam, his 19th homer. It broke a 2-2 tie in the 7th. NC State and Tennessee advance to the College World Series. North Carolina State upset number one ranked Arkansas tonight thanks to a solo homer in the top of the night. Vanderbilt and Stanford already in the College World Series. Back to you.
3: Thanks so much, Steve. Coutinho, uh if, in fact, Aaron Rodgers is not there, and we don't know if – and, and let me say it this way. For whatever reason, he would not be there. I don't think he's going to retire. I don't think he's going to be traded. But whatever the reason would be, here's what they're missing. As I, as I just mentioned, uh, he's only missed 18 games in his entire career. He's won 126 for the Packers. That's a lot. 126 and 63 in his tenure in Green Bay. In the 18 games, he's missed 6-11-1 in those games. When you bring in Matt LaFleur and him and Aaron Rodgers have hit it off, like you've said, They've 13-3 and the last two years, 26 wins combined, that's a hell of a combination for a quarterback-coach duo. John Fox and Peyton Manning, 25 wins their first two years. They won a Super Bowl. Joe Montana, George Seaford, 25 wins, won a Super Bowl. Look, when Aaron Rodgers is not under center, in his career, the Packers, the Packers averaged eight points less per game and 50 yards less uh, per game uh, of offense. Okay, so this past week, they got a glimpse into a future of sorts because Jordan Love ran the offense with the number ones for three straight days. I understand he had one day that was pretty good, one that was not good. And maybe one somewhere in the middle. Those were the three days of Jordan Love at QB1 in the, quote, mandatory minicamp. What I hear, good arm. Look, I saw him play at Utah State. He's he's an athlete. But two-minute offense, not so much. See, quarterback is the position you play with your eyes. You receive the ball. You process mental snapshots. You make your progressions, and you execute. It's all about recognition and awareness. What are your thoughts about this situation and what you might handle if you had Aaron Rodgers there that's got maybe two years left, you've been knocking on the door of the Super Bowl two years, you bring him in, what's the first thing out of your mouth?
2: Am I bringing – you're saying bringing in Aaron Rodgers?
3: Yes, you could wear the hat of a teammate, you could wear the hat of the GM. You know how – here's the thing. A new team, you're saying a new team. No, no, no. I'm saying with Green Bay because okay. you know how close, you know how hard it is to win a championship in any sport. Right, right. Green Bay has been this close. As John Minikoff just said, he thought they were going to beat Tampa Bay last year. They had him at home. So you're this close. My finger's a half an inch apart. You've got to have a conversation with Aaron and say, do you understand the gravity of the situation? Do you want to look back the rest of your life and regret this? Yeah,
2: You know, it, it, because, all right, sports is a rhythm sport. Jordan Love, he did amazing the first day. He was, you know, went back to normal, right? The second, then it's it's iffy on the third. I think any sport is a rhythm. It's a rhythm sport, and then I don't care if you played high school. I don't care if you played college. You're playing in the pros now. These guys are faster, bigger, stronger. There's more That's plays. Right. There's more plays. There's you know the tight end wants it here. It's the your your slots want it there. The running backs want this. They want the ball this many times. You know you got the offensive line. It may not be your, your tackle. Your guard may not be as good. It's so many different variations now. I, for me, Aaron Aaron is far from done. Okay, you just you 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 what, 13 and 3 the last 2 years right 26 wins so uh, one one play here or there you're in the you're in the super bowl okay i just think for me um when you're young like that the jordan loves of the world it sitting behind someone like an Aaron Rodgers uh is better for him than even th- being thrown inside the fire because i don't care how good you are in practice i don't care how good you are in preseason when it's when it's the game time it's totally different in your mindset. So for Aaron, I'm I'm giving Aaron what he wants. I'm, I'm I'm going to trust Aaron because I know exactly what I'm going to get from him when it's crucial. Because there's a lot of a lot of games where you play baseball, uh, football, or basketball, whatever it is. It's not too many possessions you are away from winning that game. It's just about the mentality, and I believe in energy. So, like I said before, when you're going against Aaron Rodgers and the Green, Green Bay Packers. You are a little nervous defensively, okay? When you're going oh, against yeah. George, Jordan Love in the Green Bay Packers, yeah, kind of like, yeah, I'll blitz the kid. I'll, you know, step back. I'll put two in front. I'll do this. I'll do – you can you can mess with him, You can do certain things. You can't do that with Tom Brady. You can't do that with, you know, Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, for me, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just –
3: well, you bring up a great dynamic that's not manufactured overnight, and that's the fear-intimidation factor. There have been plenty of pitchers over the years that could win games in the major leagues on reputation. They even intimidated umpires. Mm-hmm. And you look at an Aaron Rodgers, he gets behind center. You're a defensive coordinator. You've actually got to prepare Duke game plans. Mm-hmm. You've got to prepare the game plan for defending Aaron Rodgers and his tendencies, right. and then you've got to prepare the game plan for when the play breaks down, he keeps his eyes downfield, he can yeah. keep plays alive with his feet. You brought up another good point. He learned for three or four years behind Brett Favre. Steve Young learned for four or five years behind Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. Even Pat Mahomes sat for a year behind Alex Smith. That type of education is invaluable. And I think uh, Jordan Love's had some of that. The big issue with the Packers is they're built to win right now. Mm-hmm. And I just, it bothers me a little bit. I don't want to be sanctimonious here, but that bothers me a little bit when you've got a guy, and uh, John Middlecoff was right, this is not about money. Rodgers has made $242 million in his career, and if they restructure his contract, it's going to be all about the structure and guaranteeing him four years down the road. So maybe they trade Jordan Love, and that's the psychology of it, but if he retires, he owes the Packers $23 million in back bonuses. If he doesn't show up, he'll be subjected to a ton of fines. If the Packers trade him, they'll regret it. They'll never get the value back that they need, and what's to say Aaron Rodgers goes to another team, and they don't have the pieces, parts around him to win, and the whole thing goes down and he goes down in a heap? I remember when Ben Wallace won it out of Detroit in 2005, went to Chicago. He couldn't come to contract agreement with Joe Dumars, who gave him a very generous offer, and then four years later, he was back with the Pistons. He said, you know what? I really didn't accomplish anything. You've got to be careful what you wish for my point I think this is all about Aaron Rodgers trying to extract his pound of flesh, trying to embarrass the Packers. He knows he doesn't have any leverage, but he does have the hammer. He doesn't have to show up right now, and they're going to be missing him come September.
2: Yeah, you, listen, I, I love Ben. Let's go back to Ben for a second. I sure. Love, I love Ben. But, I love him too. But, Ben, you don't call no shots. Aaron Rodgers is totally different, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Fear the fro, ben, man. Right. No, I love Ben. Ben is my guy, right? Uh, but, but when it comes to Aaron, uh, you know – if Aaron, Aaron's pulling the th- same thing to me, like kind of like Tom, where it's like, you know, if Tom does go somewhere, Aaron, wherever Aaron goes, I'm pretty sure there's, there's, there's a, a supporting cast that's going to want to go where Aaron goes, or at least he can pick a place where he's, you know, most suitable for, I I, I don't know, sure. I could be, you know, I, I could be naive with that, but uh, Tom, you know, he picking the bucks and then, before you know it, this Gronk's there, and then you know Antonio's Browns there, and this person's there, and my guy Mike Evans is already there. It's it's like you 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 set up for success right there. So you know, I think where, wherever Aaron does go, he's so good that he can improvise with what he has, and I think oh, sh- I think the Green Bay, I think the GM should t- take his ego out of it, and for right now. You have the best teacher in Aaron Rodgers with this this kid sitting there watching what Aaron does, how he calls plays, his audibles, the whole thing. I'm just saying, the GM, shut your mouth, sit down, relax, get him what he wants. He's <laughs> going to be out in a few years, right? And, then, and let the kid grow from – let Jordan Love grow from there.
3: I'm with you. And by the way, to your point, wherever Aaron goes, uh, even if you're not sure – you don't want him on your team. You don't want to have to play against him. That's a problem. Speaking of out, we've got an update in the Phoenix-Denver game. Currently Phoenix up 83-75 with 352. But Nikola Jokic has been kicked out. I saw out of the corner of my eye, he fouled somebody hard, a hand to the face. Devin Booker rushes over to defend his teammate. Jokic, I, he turned into a rowdy, rowdy piper and tries to push him off the floor. He's only got about 8 inches and 400 pounds on him. I don't know the details, but when you're kicked out of a playoff game, it's pretty serious. That might be the nail in Denver's coffin as Phoenix leads by eight as the third quarter winds down. Back to basketball. LeBron James, he's been in the news. He's not in the playoffs, but he still manages to keep his name in the spotlight. We discuss. He's Catino Mobley. I'm Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. We're back on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Sunday, I'm Bernie Frado, joined by 11 year NBA veteran Katino Mobley. We've got some sound. Uh, apparently, uh, the situation in Denver, uh, Nicole Jokic, was charged w- with a, uh, a flagrant two, and uh, that's kind of changed. Uh, at least got some sound on that. Here we go. The crowd might go crazy here.
6: The call on the floor has been determined to be a flagrant foul. Penalty two on Nikola Jokic. He's been ejected from the game. Oh, my God.
3: That's a flagrant two? Wow. I saw it when it happened. I'm not sure it rose to that level, but I'm not – I don't know what's going on on the floor. Katina, what are your thoughts on this situation?
2: I, th- I think it's 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 just stupid. To 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 for me, I'm I'm the Joker is the MVP. He's not a person who does this. He's been I'm watching the game while we're doing this, and he's getting beat up left and right. Okay, so at the end of the day, there's a little frustration. Is he this type of player? Is that his DNA? That's not who he is as a person. So to give him a flavor, flagrant too. To me, it's just I don't I don't even what what to what extent did you. I, I don't know why would you why they did that. i flavor one. You're spot yes. on. I don't. I just it just makes it so soft. Like it's playoffs.
3: Well, and I saw the play as it happened, and it was physical, but it was within the framework of basketball. And, you know, you don't play defense with your arms and your hands. You play with your feet, but, and he did reach. But it was not like uh, it was uh, something that in, with the intent to hurt or away from the ball or a non-basketball play. I think you're right, Coutinho. Especially in a, an elimination game like this, I think it's an over-officious call.
2: Yeah, against the MVP. He's the MVP of the league. He's already getting embarrassed, you know, being down 3-0. It's Jamal Murray's not playing, right? Harris got traded, you know. You're getting beat up left and right, right? And Phoenix is playing well. So at the end of the day, there's there's okay to be human and have some frustration in the game. And the and the kid that he hit, Cameron. It's not like he was in the air. The guy was dribbling the ball. He swatted down. Okay, he hit his nose. Kid, kid nose is a little bigger than it was. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Than normal. So at the end of the day, I mean, come on, man. Not the MVP. I'm not saying it should be a regular person, any. But still, it's the it's the playoffs.
3: I gotta tell you, after watching that game earlier today between the Nets uh, and uh, and the Bucks, that that looked like '90s basketball. Mm-hmm. Where you better pack a lunch if you go in the lane. You know, Wes Unseld might smack you across the chest. You might feel it. A little bit more physicality today, so interesting. Developing story, I think the series is probably over anyway, but to your point, the MVP of the league probably deserves a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. LeBron James is not in the playoffs, but he's been in the news. He had an Instagram message this week for the non-believers. He'll be back. He changed his number from 23 back to 6. And, oh, by the way, flanked by rapper Drake, LeBron, and fellow Laker Jared Dudley, They hung out at son Bronny James game in Southern California. They have what's called CIF, the California Interscholastic Federation, and they had a playoff game at Sierra Canyon Trailblazers. That's a high school he went to. So LeBron's in the news. We only got about 30 seconds, Katina. What are your thoughts?
2: No, it was great. I was actually supposed to go and commentate, uh, do a little bit of uh, analyst for that. Um, I I love the the younger guys, man. And to see LeBron and Drake and uh, Jared in there supporting the guys is beautiful.
3: No, it is. It's it's a lot of fun, and I would just say this. Uh, LeBron does like being out in front of the cameras. I got no problem with that. He probably really misses being in the playoffs. He's not done. He's trying to let everybody know. Don't don't count me out just yet. People have counted me down before, and I fully intend on being back and staying busy until we get ready for next season. Coming up, we're going to chop up the NBA playoffs and talk about the New young Turks in the league that – are the star power that are driving these playoffs. He's Cantino Mobley. I'm Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
0: Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it
1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
4: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
0: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're gonna bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
4: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
5: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for
3: details. Fox Sports Sunday rolls on. Two down, one to go. We take you to 8 p.m. I'm Bernie Fratto, joined by 11 year NBA veteran, the pride of Philadelphia, Katina Mobley. And. The NBA playoffs rage on, and part of the reasons we are watching and the the ratings are good, is because there are new young stars, Katino, that are already garnering the kind of the kind of respect and engendering the kind of fear in their opponents. And you, Katino, in your travels, did you ever come across Frank Layden, the longtime coach of the Utah Jazz?
2: Um, I didn't he, as much.
3: He had glasses. Remember yeah, one time it no, was not, real heavy. No, he was no, I know exactly. Very funny about. guy. I
2: did no, I didn't as much because I came in the league in '99.
3: Oh, okay, yeah. He, by then he was did kicked him upstairs and he was a uh, he was in the front office for yeah, the Utah I didn't Jazz. See him much. He, he was he was the coach of those great Stockton Malone teams that just kept falling short. Over the years, very funny guy. There's a true story when the the, the night that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar became the all-time leading scorer. The game was actually played here in Las Vegas at the Thomas and Mack Center. And the uh, Lakers jump out to a 14-4 lead in the first couple minutes of the game. Layden immediately calls timeout. And he looks at his team and he says, guys, look, we're playing the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I don't expect you to win. We can't beat the Lakers, but we got to beat Jabbar. He's got 10 points and we've only got four. So (laughs) do your best to beat Jabbar. (laughs) What's the moral of the story? And I've been looking forward to this segment all night because I'm going to name three guys that I would pay right now to go watch and play. And the first one is Donovan Mitchell. What he did last night, sensational. And I want to give a wink and a nod to Ty Lu for ratcheting up and making adjustments on defense. He crowded the lane. He not only made Donovan work for his points, he made him work to get the ball. Donovan still had about 30 points until he got hurt with about seven minutes to go in the game uh, when he went up for that shot, came down on his ankle, didn't return. That's respect. It took Kawhi and Paul George to combine for 65 points last night. Clippers shot 55% from behind the arc. But Donovan Mitchell, you can't tell me every time he's on the floor, your eyes are glued to him.
2: I love him. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he's he's the young Dwayne Wade. Uh, he's very explosive. He, he Listen, he, I watch him, and him, Devin Booker, Bradley Beals of the world, for me – they uh they score three levels, right? They score from deep, mid range, and to the basket. And they all have post game. So uh, you know, that's how we grew up is to be able to not just shoot a three or a layup, it's to, to use uh every um Sure basically saying use all the real estate on the floor. And Donovan, I mean, his three is strong, he leads the team, he's super confident, he's not cocky, and I can see why people compare him to like the that Dwayne Wade ish.
3: Well, he wants the ball with the game on the line. He's one of those guys uh, that's got ice water in his veins, and he is a young guy. And, you know, he didn't go to a major school, but he came up, and the minute he stepped on the floor, he had immediate impact. When you watch him in the last couple minutes of the game, it's almost when he's at his best, and you know he's going to get it. It's almost like back in the day when Nolan Ryan had that 100-mile-an-hour fastball, which was unheard of, right, 30 years ago. But he said, here it is, try to hit it. Here's Donovan Mitchell, try to stop him. You look into that man's eyes, he's cut from a different cloth. If you don't believe me, the first six games of the playoffs this year, the Jazz started 6-0. and Donovan Mitchell was averaging 33 points a game. That puts him in rarefied air, along with Kobe Bryant, who once did that, averaged 34, LeBron, who averaged 34, and Jordan, who averaged 32.7. And he did it while contributing to winning playoff games.
2: Yeah, you you know, another thing about Donovan is what I love is his, his I mean, well, he sprained his ankle just now, but just, he's kind of started this season where he left off last season. Because Denver, it took everything in Denver and Jamal Murray to literally beat Utah last year. Right, Utah had him down 3-1, remember? That was an amazing, amazing series by two young guys. And then he comes back this year the same, if not better, and able to, you know, I mean, you have Paul George, you have you know Kawhi Leonard. That's two of the best, you know, two-way players in the game. And he's given him forty. I mean, that's to me is impressive.
3: The second name you already mentioned, and this is another gentleman I saw both him and Donovan Mitchell in the summer league three, four years ago. He steps on the floor, he's instant offense. Devin Booker, mm. and I will tell you, he's developed an edge into his game. He's the one that got in Jokic's face, coming to Cameron Payne's def- uh, defense, as it were. Donovan Mitchell, to your or check that, Devin uh, Booker, to your point. Can score from all three levels, and he's fearless.
2: You know what, Devin Booker. I used to watch him when he was younger, and he played. He's playing with Kentucky. Uh, his footwork was. I watched footwork, so his footwork was amazing then. And then when he got to the pros, to watch how effortlessly he would literally pick apart whether it's a pick and roll, whether it was a spot up pull ups, shooting from deep, his fadeaways. I people may think I'm crazy, but his footwork. And his offensive skill set is one of the best I've ever seen. You know, I think you know he's like the Kobe when it comes to that footwork. You know, he shoots better than Kobe from deep. His his fadeaways are just as good, right? His pull ups are, are are amazing. Uh, you know, he has that offensive ability like the elite that ever played the game, especially at the two guard level.
3: Very much so. He's a very sound athlete. Great balance. Uh, obviously, great handles. Very consistent release point on his shot. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, that's how you repeat success by doing the right things over and over again. Again, you pair him with Chris Paul. It's been a match made in heaven. These are a couple of guys, and Paul knows how to get him the ball. The thing, again, that attracts me to looking at a guy like Devin Booker and saying he's worth the price of admission is because he does it when it matters most, right? It's like the quarterback Mm -hmm. on third down. They don't pay it a punt. You got to move the chains. You get to the red zone, you got to punch it in. Mm -hmm. It seems like Devin Booker is always coming through, especially near crunch time. And, again, he wants the ball when it matters most. That's a rare quality. Yeah, it is.
2: And then, listen, when you have a Chris Paul who's arguably one of the best, you know, point guards ever to me, I don't care if he won the championship or not, uh, he's a winner. And he knows how to get every single team he's played on in that winning attitude. When he was at OKC, when he's, you know, with the Clippers, it doesn't matter. Chris Paul is just a winner, period. And then now you have Devin Booker who's trying to learn how to win. You know, how do I prepare myself before games? How do I prepare myself during the game? You know, when we're down one, when we're down five, when we're up three, what what should I do? And Chris is helping him do that. It's kind of like Jordan loves sitting back and watching how Aaron Rodgers literally – uh, um, you know, um, controls the game. And that's what I think is amazing for Devin Booker to have a person like Chris Paul, who's, to me, I mean, whew, top five ever uh, at the point guard position uh, t- to play. And then now you, you have that and your skill sets, you already have Devin Booker. Now you have that or, or actually learning that type of savvy intelligence that Chris Paul possesses is, is, is priceless.
3: No doubt about it. And the thing about both, uh, you know, Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, they not only take a ton of pressure off their teammates and carry a lot of the freight, but they are to the point now where I do think they inspire fear in their opponents, much like the next gentleman I'm going to mention. And it's a guy I know you love a lot, Trey young. Oh, and I cannot really, I cannot really recall a, a young talent in recent memory that has been really Maybe over evaluated by talent evaluators. And when he came out, you know, after his freshman year at Oklahoma, there was talk about his size, there was talk about his strength. Mm -hmm. When he went into Madison Square Garden, and slayed the dragon. I'm saying this is a dude that's he's he's a, he's from another planet because he strolls in there, and we're going about we're talking about Tom Thibodeau, mm-hmm. and Tom Thibodeau actually has a specialty in making it very difficult, making life very difficult for NBA players entering into their very first playoff series. I was convinced they'd blitz him, they'd swarm him, they'd body him, they wouldn't let him get that floater off, they'd shadow him, they wouldn't give him any free catches. It didn't matter. He still performed, and he went into Madison Square Garden and played against a very good defensive team, metrically, coached by Tom Thibodeau, and won a playoff series. And give them credit, because after the coaching change, the Hawks actually went 32-12 and 12 before this series against Philadelphia, which is not a good matchup for them. But with Trey Young on the floor, you feel like you're in every game, and he's, what, only 21? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say
2: that, because, I mean, his, his – uh... I guess his expectations was something similar to uh, Stephen Curry, right? You come in, you're small, right? Your frame is small. Um, I think he's probably a little small. He's a little shorter than Steph Curry. And then, will you be able to get your shot off uh, the physicality of the game throughout 82 seasons? I mean, 82 uh, 82 games. I, 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 myself, was like, ah, I don't know, right? And then when he started to play well last year, I'm like, okay, let me see this following year. And then when he played he was so consistent, and he got everybody. He The thing is, he has everybody on his team believing he is the guy. Oh,
3: well, you know, I talked to some scouts at the NBA Summer League two, three years ago, and every time his name came up, they would bring up Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald also went to Oklahoma. Uh, Buddy's had a pretty good NBA career, but his first two, three years, he scuffled a bit. And people kept telling me that Trey Young had an issue with turnovers. He was very careless with the ball. Mm -hmm. And although he did average 9, 10 assists a game at Oklahoma, you know, it was also a situation where he had five turnovers a game. But that was just an area of improvement. You could see this guy was born to play the game. They also bagged on his frame. He's 6'2", 6'3". He's got a good wingspan, and he's quick on both sides of the ball. And I think that quickness helps him. He creates his own space, creates his own shot. But I think there was a concern about his body and maybe breaking down. That has not been the case. Trey Young has proven not only is he highly skillful, he's very durable.
2: He's very durable. I mean, listen, when you watch watch the uh, New York Knicks – their yeah. top defense in the league, big time, and he sh- shredded
3: them. Shredded them.
2: I mean, and it. And it I mean, these guys were big and in the garden. and he it was. It, he wasn't even bothered by not one thing that Tom literally threw at him, and that's when I said, "Oh, this kid's really good," because I, I've I've been a part of Tom Thibodeau's defense. I've seen Tom Thibodeau back in the '90s when he had the New York Knicks uh, full throttle. You know, so I know his defensive schemes. And when you have Trey Young, you know, just picking them apart and calm about it. I mean, shooting 40 feet out, you know, getting to the basket, finding guys, uh, you know, shooting threes. I mean, to me, it was just poetry in motion.
3: Big time. And, uh, you know, let's not forget Tom Thibodeau uh, was the architect behind the Boston Celtics defense in their own yes. most recent championship. The other thing that impressed me about Trey Young, uh, the Garden – uh, if, if anybody who's listening has not been to the Madison Square Garden for an event, I don't care if you go to a New York Rangers hockey game. I don't care if you go to a basketball game. I select the next game. You've got to go. Uh, Catino, as you well know, as well as anybody, there's no environment quite like that. It's not going to be PG-rated. It's going to get a little rough, and they're going to try to get in your kitchen if they can. This kid had ice water in his veins. They literally spat on him. They called him every name in the book, and after the game, he's got a smile on his face. He plays the game with joy. There's a kid who's going places. No,
2: yeah, you know, and another thing, too, is his father prepared him for this. His father was a, a collegiate athlete. He played. Uh-huh. He, he played. He was uh, pretty good. You know, so, uh, you know, I think what, when you have – it's like my son not trying to, you know – But, you know, my son's and my daughter, when they're playing sports, you know, know the ref's name, shake the opponent's hand, you know, I want you to compete really hard, but then after the game, it's cut off. Now we're now we're human again, that kind of thing. And Balance. Uh, he understands, just like Derrick Rose was saying, it, you know, he understands that there's going to be hecklers. There's going to be things, and some people are just overboard, spitting and all this oh. other crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, it didn't tweak him at all mentally. He was ready mentally and super focused.
3: He actually took that and allowed it to fuel him. So between Trey Young, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, among others, we don't have time to get to. I think the NBA is in great shape, and I'm really enjoying these young men play and develop. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Coming up, we take you right back to my hometown. We'll say hello to Chuck Esposito. He's the sports book director at Station Casinos here in Las Vegas, and he's responsible for a lot of the Tim Tebow craze. We will explain coming up. He's Katino Mobley. I'm Bernie Fratto. Keep it locked. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We keep it rolling, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Bernie Fratto, joined by 11-year NBA veteran Catino Mobile. Yes, he is the pride of Philadelphia. We'll take you up to 8 o'clock. At this time, we're joined by a gentleman coming to us right here from Las Vegas. He's a good friend of mine, the sportsbook director of uh, Sunset Station, Station Casino's properties, and recently in the news for a very interesting reason. Say hello to Chuck Esposito. Hey, Chuck, thanks for coming on tonight.
9: Hey, Bernie, it's good to be on with
3: you guys. Great. And uh, I want to bring the folks up to snuff. So about three weeks ago, uh, our Fox Sports teammates, Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, you hear them weeknights from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Pacific. Very entertaining show. They were talking about you because – In this prop craze, you came up with some very clever props having to do with one Mr. Tim Tebow, and they were picked up by every news outlet across the country. And they said, "As my buddy, let's get him on the air. Chuck, tell everybody what happened.
9: Well, first, it's amazing that it was as popular as it's become. I think we we always try to uh, capitalize on whatever hot story there is in any sport and be creative and put some stuff on the board. We did it when Matt Stafford was traded to the Rams. We put up a touchdown prop. But um, we heard the rumblings of Tebow possibly being signed by the Jags. And then that morning, they actually signed. I mean, everywhere that morning, all we could see was, you know, Tebow stuff. So, you know, we kind of started talking about it internally. Myself, Jason McCormick, we're like, let's put it up and let's have some fun. We looked at the the Jags last year, and uh, they only had two receiving touchdowns, both by Tyler Eifert. Uh, They only had one other tight end on the roster They've got a couple of of talented running backs, James Robinson returning and Travis at the end. Both are smaller type backs. We thought, hey, this might be, you know, he might have different packages for Urban Meyer. Let's put a prop on the board how many touchdowns over under Tim Tebow will have. And they're only receiving and rushing touchdowns. No passing touchdowns if he's ever in at quarterback. We put it on the board at two and a half, and it was just amazing, Bernie, how much ink and water cooler chatter and media talk we got out of it, but it's been
3: phenomenal. Not only that, how much betting handle came in on that. Say hello to Katino Mobley, Chuck.
2: Hey, Katino, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good, Chuck. Nice to meet you, brother.
3: Same. Did you have a question, Katino, for Chuck? No, no, I'm just just trying to figure out now. um... So what we're talking about here basically is this. You can bet on just about everything in Las Vegas as long as it's decided on the field. However, there are prop bets, player props, team props. Why don't you explain the ramifications of how a prop bet is made, Chuck? Because this leads to a larger subject matter in that the prop craze has not only caught on so significantly, it's becoming increasingly part of the handle.
9: Yeah, sure, Bernie. You know, props, guys, are really, and for the listeners, props are really kind of the game within the game. You may not like uh, in either team in any particular sport, but, hey, we can put up so many different ways. And I think you, you go to Super Bowl first and you talk about, you know, hundreds, about hundreds, maybe a thousand different ways to bet the game, that almost every play, every player uh, means something to somebody. And we've done that with Golden Knights games. Uh, we're going to expand our wagering venue um, with the Raiders and we do it from time to time now throughout the course of the year for kind of special events. We do it every day in baseball. Uh, we really expand the overall menu of props. Again, different ways to bet, uh, say in hockey, for example, with the Golden Knights it's every period, it's reverse puck line, it's players to have a point, it might be head-to-head players, will the game go into overtime, so many different things that kind of add to the entire wagering menu that let the betters have fun throughout the course of the game. It really has become the game within the game and such a large part of what we have to offer in every single sport, guys.
3: So my understanding, Chuck, is the Tebow prop, and by it's, I believe there was a $2,000 limit, right? Is That, what that, that is correct, line? Bernie. Okay, so yep. you could bet whether or not Tim Tebow would score more than two-and-a-half touchdowns this year or less than two-and-a-half touchdowns this year, and I believe there also is a caveat. He must play week one or the bet will be graded as no action. Is that correct?
9: That, that's all correct, and the amazing thing is, is that we have the same amount of tickets on the over as the under. However, we have taken some of the limit plays on the under, but we've started to see some more of the action come towards the over. Uh, Still still heavy right now on the under, but it's kind of created exactly what we wanted it to, and that was so much media chatter and interest. But since we put it up, Urban Meyer and the Jags have kind of started to gravitate towards, hey, this might be kind of our version of a Taysom Hill, that he's kind of that H-back, he's used out of the backfield, He's used around the goal line. Um, So I started to see people start to say, God, I I could see that easily going over uh, the two and a half. But we've had a lot of fun with it, guys. It's drawn a lot of media attention. We just put a couple of new ones up with Julio Jones and Kyle Pitts. And it's just fun to put these stuff up because they do create uh, a lot of interest with football still several months away.
3: Talking with Chuck Esposito, sportsbook director of Sunset Station here at Sunset Casino's properties in Las Vegas. One of the things that surprised me, too, Chuck, was the amount of action you got on Tebow versus Stafford. You put up, I believe, the Stafford, I think, over under 28 and a half touchdowns last February. And you got more Tebow action in a week than you got in Stafford over 90 days. We did, which,
9: you know, I think when you look at it, guys, you look at Stafford and such a talented quarterback, probably the missing piece a little bit um, for the Rams. We know they've got a Super Bowl caliber defense. And it wasn't anything that, you know, people could kind of look at and see what he averaged per game um, over his career with the Lions, knowing that he's got Cooper Cuff and, and Robert Woods and a good surrounding cast with him in uh, in LA, but the fact that Tebow hadn't played since I think 2012, he had uh, 12 uh, 12 uh, rushing touchdowns in 14 games um, when he was in the league. I think it just added some intrigue his relationship with Urban Meyer. A lot of people thought maybe it was just kind of a, a farce that you know he's just signing him now, but it looks legitimately now like he does have a good chance to make the team, and I think that's helped. Um, generate some handle. There's no guarantee that he's on the roster week one or plays week one, but that is the disclaimer on the board, that if that does occur, uh, you've got action. So I think it's going to be fun to watch how this kind of unfolds, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it goes over the two-and-a-half if he's on the team and plays
3: week one. Talking with Chuck Esposito, Station Casinos, Sunset Station Sportsbook Director. Chuck, one of the things people can do here in Las Vegas, even if you don't live here in Las Vegas, is participate in the NFL and college football contests, which will be coming up. Your property does a great job with the viewing parties and the opportunities to enter these contests, which can be very lucrative. Do you have one coming up this fall?
4: We do. Uh, We're
9: going to go back to our uh, last man standing, kind of a King of the Hill type format. Um, it's called Last Man Standing with Station Casinos, um, a separate contest for pro football and one for college football. They're both extremely popular. Uh, the betters love it. Uh, $25 entry fee. For four entries uh, at $100, you get the fifth one free. Um, you win and you move on, kind of the same format you see uh, in the college basketball tournament. And we do do one for March Madness as well. Um, it's the format you win and you move on to the next week. So they've really drawn some great attention. You're right about the viewing parties. We do them during football. We've got one uh, uh, next Friday coming up for Game 3 of the Vegas Golden Knights and, and the Montreal Canadiens over at Sunset Station in Club Madrid. So anything we can kind of do to give back to the guests, I think it's great. And, and don't forget, it's so easy to sign up for our SDN mobile app. All the stuff that we're talking about is on the app, and it really does bring the
3: sports book to the palm of your hand, guys. Absolutely. And, by the way, before I let you run, share with folks the bottom line is – In this new era of legalized gambling, you don't have to walk into the sportsbook. If you live in a regulated market, there are plenty of opportunities, just like you mentioned. Tell them how easy it is to sign up for the app. Even if you don't live in Vegas, you can't use it when you're out of town. But when you're in town, that much easier to get your bets down if you're sitting over your steak and lobster and all of a sudden you want to make a halftime bet.
9: (laughs) It it is, Bernie. We love it when the guests come in and enjoy everything we have to offer at all of our station casinos properties and, and a wildfire property in the El Cortez sportsbook. But, man, if you can come in, you download the app, CN Sports. It just takes a matter of minutes. You come in, you need a, your ID, a, a player's card, and whatever you want to put down as far as uh, your deposit amount, as far as cash goes. And we'll have you open and ready to go in a matter of minutes. We've got up to a $100 bonus going on right now. You sign up with a $50 minimum deposit. You get an SDN Sports cap. So, a lot of cool promotions going on. But once you're signed up, you can fund and load uh, from home. There's a lot of different funding options as well. So, it really does when, you know, we know that around holiday time or busy time, there's honey to do lists and busy things going on. But, man, with that mobile app, it really does bring the sportsbook, guys, to the palm of your hand, especially now with baseball, basketball, hockey playoffs going on, big fights going on, UFC, even horse racing. We have the horse racing side of the app as well, guys.
3: I'm just glad Korean ping-pong is over with, Chuck. It got a little <laughs> rough there for a while. All righty. He's Chuck Esposino, Station Casino, Sunset Station Sportsbook Manager, and a great maestro. visitors his property I have many times. Chuck, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
9: All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Look forward to chatting with you soon.
3: Proud to call Chuck a friend. He's very hospitable. We have our panel every August for the upcoming college and NFL Season coming up. We're not done with Tebow. You know, he's not the first lab rat experiment brought in by an NFL team to try to find another athlete. Got a couple stories here for you you might find interesting. But first, let's go to the man with the golden pipes, Steve DeSager.
7: (laughs) Programming notes on FS1 tonight. NASCAR's all-star race went to Kyle Larson. First prize was a million dollars. So right now on FS1, U.S. women's soccer facing Jamaica in Houston. Another tune-up for the Olympics. And Carly Lloyd scored in the opening minute. The U.S. added a penalty kick in the seventh minute. It is 2-0, U.S. over Jamaica, 17 minutes in. To the NBA playoffs, Chris Paul is likely going to the conference finals because the Suns already up three games to none, are leading at Denver 121-116 with only about 20 seconds left. Chris Paul has played near 40 minutes tonight. He has 35 points, seven assists, only two turnovers. Devin Booker has 32 points for Phoenix. Nikola Jokic, MVP from the Nuggets, was kicked out late in the third quarter for a flagrant two foul. He had 22 points, 11 rebounds. Milwaukee's tied two games apiece in its. Second round series after beating Brooklyn today, 107-96. Tuesday in Brooklyn, it'll be game five. The Nets' Kyrie Irving left with a sprained ankle today. He was on crutches afterwards, reportedly. Kevin Durant had 28 points, 13 rebounds. From three-point range, he was one of eight and committed five turnovers. In the NHL playoffs, a semifinal opener went to the Islanders, 2-1 at Tampa Bay. Number one, Novak Djokovic came back to win the French Open in five sets. As for... Denmark star Christian Eriksson. The update after yesterday's scary incident at the Euro tournament. He is still hospitalized in stable condition. He collapsed before halftime yesterday and was given CPR on the field. The team doctor said today Eriksson suffered cardiac arrest at the game and was resuscitated. England today won its opener at the tournament 1-0 over Croatia. Netherlands with a late goal defeated Ukraine 3-2. Austria with two goals in the last 15 minutes won 3-1 over North Macedonia. And on Fox TV, Brazil opened at Copa America. 3-0 winners against Venezuela. The Cubs have won five in a row. They shut out St. Louis tonight 2-0. Cubs scored two runs in the third thanks to a two-out error. The Dodgers held on for a 5-3 victory over Texas. The Angels sent Arizona to a tenth straight loss 10-3. Pittsburgh has lost seven in a row. At Milwaukee, it was the Brewers 5-2 over the Pirates who left ten men on base. Brewers and Cubs tied for first in the NL Central. Tampa Bay has the best record in the major leagues. They beat Baltimore 7-1. The Rays record, 42-24. and 24. Randy Rosarena with a Grand Slam. Houston won 14-3 to 3 at Minnesota, and it was Toronto 18-4 to 4 winners at Boston. The Blue Jays hit eight home runs, the most ever by a visiting team at Fenway Park. 20 hits for Toronto, 20 for 44 at the plate, and the man who leads the majors in homers, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., hit his 21st of the year. Under 20 seconds to go. Phoenix up 123-116 at Denver. Back to you.
3: Thanks so much, Steve. Every time you mention the Jamaican team, I can't help but think of the Jamaican bobsled team. But <laughs> I digress. Catino, we talked about this before. Look, Tim Tebow, he's invited to camp Six three, two fifty five. 255. I think he understands pad level. He did win the Heisman Trophy, won two championships. I know it was in college, but he also was 7'5", as a starter at quarterback. And Urban Meyer's not a moron. He's not going to do this to be a sideshow. It's not the first time an NFL has brought in a player – that I would call, well, this isn't maybe my most clever moment, a lab rat experiment. Everybody forgets back in 2004, Brock Lesnar, he started telling people he wanted to play football. He was 26 years old, had never played past high school, hadn't played in eight years. But if you weigh 288 pounds, run the 40 and 4'7", have a 35-inch vertical leap, bench 475, squat 695, and you have a mean streak and you're willing to hit people and you have bad intentions, well then, the Minnesota Vikings are going to bring you in and give you a shot. He was a local favorite in Minnesota, so it made you know it made sense. He actually played. Brock Lesnar actually played in some preseason games. He wore number sixty-nine. He uh, played on defense. He was a defensive tackle, and he was a cover man on kickoffs. His most, no, his most notable achievement was starting three fights in one game in a preseason contest against the Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman. In the end, Catino the learning curve for him was just too steep. He didn't make the team.
2: Yeah, listen, we have to understand that Tebow is a Heisman, right? He's a, he's a winner, uh, regardless of maybe he wasn't a quarterback in NFL. Right. Uh, but he's still a winner. Um, he's an athlete. Uh, you know i don't know about brock <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know about him i can't compare the two uh because i i think tim tebow he just and that's another person who has that energy right he might it might not look pretty but uh t- tim has this belief system and, and i think the people around him especially when he was in college they believed that you can win and he you know he he did his thing but you know i you know I, sometimes you know playing quarterback is not your position, right? You know, even though you wanted the Heisman, I mean, I, I think you know it could be something else for him.
3: Well, he couldn't operate from the pocket on a consistent basis, which is very much required as an NFL quarterback. But he's a physical specimen. This is an outlier. I meant, I love that you mentioned Malcolm Gladwell earlier in the year. You know, Bullet Bob Hayes, who was a legend. Dallas fans, I know you remember him. 1965, he had, he, he'd he actually been recruited to play football at Florida A&M, but he didn't. He was a world-class sprinter. But when Dallas brought him in as an experiment, he could actually catch the ball and run routes. He could run short routes. He could take the top off a of defense. Defenders couldn't stay with him, the long and the short of it. Bob Hayes not only made the team, he was highly successful. He led the league in touchdown receptions three years in the NFL. His speed completely changed the game, changed the way the game was scouted, changed the way offenses were prosecuted, and Bob Hayes was actually inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2009. He finished his career with an average of 20 yards Per reception, Catino. I bet when you were playing quarterback, you'd love to have a guy like Bob Hayes run routes for you.
2: Yeah, listen. You know who was my favorite? Bob. Yeah, was amazing. But you know, my favorite uh, growing up was Steve Largent,
3: right? Oh yeah, Seattle Seahawks ran yeah, great routes.
2: Great, great route runner. Uh, I grew up with Mike Quick, right? Um, I wanted to be
3: Philadelphia. With, great. I, oh, I loved him.
2: I wanted to be Randall Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, I, that's when my number was twelve in high school, and in college. So uh, yeah, you know when you have these great route runners and um, you can be able to, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, listen. For me, it's like Tom; he's always using uh, Edelman or you know Gronkowski for his emergency, right? Sure. And when you have guys like that, um, and and Tebow, Tebow understands the game; and he understands where to be at because he was at the quarterback position. So when you have that, and now you're at the tight end spot, hopefully this is successful for him.
3: I think at six three two fifty five, he does understand pad level uh one other guy i want to bring up ronaldo nemaia he was brought in by bill walsh obviously he set a world record in 110 meter hurdles he impressed bill walsh in camp he got a guaranteed contract in 1982 and uh, he did struggle with drops and he had to get used to running over the middle and uh you know this was not track this was football it's a collision sport it's not a contact sport it's a collision sport but it worked Catino, there's one name I want to bring up because I'll never forget this. It's probably around when you were a senior in high school. This is December of 92. The San Antonio Spurs with Jerry Tarkanian bring a guy off the street who had all the skill in the world, playground legend Lloyd Sweet P. Daniels. They put him on an NBA game, and he could play. He's posting up against NBA players. He actually could play. It's a shame because it was a young man who had great talent, who took him to places where his character just could not keep him. But do you remember in all the NBA camps, Catino, that you attended that you might have seen somebody that caught your eye that came from, uh, you know, the road less traveled?
2: Um. You know what, as far as uh, – usually we would have – Moochie Norris was one of those guys that, uh, you know, he was getting passed through teams, and, um, you know, he came to the Rockets, and I, I hit it off with him. Uh, he came off the bench, and Moochie was high energy, crazy hair, and he knew how to play the <laughs> game, right? Uh, right. Joaquin Hawkins, who's actually from California, was left-hand defender, uh, he was, he was uh, really good. Uh, I liked him a lot. I wish he would have stayed more in the NBA. Uh, he was that kind of like a Bruce Bowen ish kind of defender, uh, you know. It just didn't work out for him. But uh, you know, I, it's, it was so many guys that are out there, man. And it's it's you know my situation was unique where, you know, it was it was three guys that were drafted ahead of me, uh, my year, and then it was about six guards that was ahead of me. Period. So if Roddick Rose don't tear his shoulder while in preseason while we lift him, you may have no, you may not know a Katino Mobley. I don't know.
3: Well, I love stories like that. But, Coutinho, the bottom line is you spent 11 years in the league. That doesn't happen by accident. Every year you show up to camp, you had to earn it. This is the most exclusive men's club in all the world, Major League Sports, and you can't buy your way in. Coming up, Coutinho and I are going to put a final look at the rest of the nba playoffs in the next couple of days and i have one other quick final thought on the proposed college football playoff that i want to run by catino i'm bernie fratto he is catino mobley stick and stay you're listening to fox sports sunday on fox sports radio back on fox sports sunday fox sports radio i'm bernie fratto been joined by 11-year NBA veteran, the pride of Philadelphia, Katino Mobley. And before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be Don Brown, Lee Lap, and Steve DeSager. Thanks so much, guys, for all the work you do, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. Katino, one quick footnote on the college football playoff before I uh, pick your brain quickly on tomorrow's NBA playoff games. You know, back in the day, Texas football had a very colorful coach by the name of Fred Akers, and he got a call from an academic advisor once advising him that his star quarterback was getting four Fs in one D in the spring semester. Asked him how he felt about that. He said, I think he's spending entirely too much time on one subject. Now their attention is winning national championships because more teams, not just the big schools, can get to the big dance, even though you can call it a participation trophy if you want. Don't tell that to the players that are grinding it out, trying to make history. Katino, do you think this opens up recruiting? This is one of the theories that has been bandied about. It might create a little bit more balance of power where not all the kids are flocking to the same schools since you might have an opportunity to have 12 teams make the playoff.
2: Listen, if you can either live in Georgia, Florida, or Texas, you got a chance. Whatever school that is, it just seems like those kids, whoever in Georgia, Florida or Texas, they get drafted. So I don't know if it's the sun, the water, I don't know what it is, the food, those type of kids, but no seriously, uh you know, it, it may maybe not right now because it's it's pretty new mm-hmm. and uh, mentally, right? The 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 uh, the I guess you could call the preconceived notion of where the the really good kids come from. It's it's all stuck in our heads, right? It's the it's the it's the majors, right? It's those Ohio states and the Floridas and the Tennessees and the, I mean the, um, you know, uh, yeah, Tennessees, uh, Georgias of the world, uh, you know. Um, I think maybe down the line a little bit they'll start to look for that diamond in the rough kind of thing, but for right now because it's new. I, I don't know because, like I said before, basketball is different from uh, football, right? So you only Certainly. play on one side, yeah.
3: Well, and and look, the Blue Bloods are always going to rule the roost. There's no question about it. But I, I'm always driven to the stories like Steve, Al, uh, uh, Steve McNair coming out of Alcorn State. Not yeah. a dot in my mind. He could play, got to the Super Bowl, got a foot from winning it. Jerry Rice coming out of Mississippi Valley State. Mm-hmm. Andre, Cut, uh, Andre Reed former Buffalo Bill Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. If not, he deserves to be, right? right. right. He comes out of Cutstown State. There are athletes that come from everywhere. You know, Robert Parrish came from Centenary. The bottom line is now the kids that go to Alabama that may not want to sit around for three years till they get on the field might be more open, just saying, to go into a lesser school because they can get their name in spotlight. Speaking of spotlight, tomorrow I'm really looking forward to this Clippers Utah series. Mm-hmm. I have this sneaking suspicion that uh, Donovan Mitchell's a bionic man. He's going to show up tomorrow and show out. He, you know, they'll wrap the ankle. Remember, I saw Isaiah Thomas on a Sunday afternoon in 1988 for, score 42 points on one leg against the LA Lakers to force a game seven. I think, I think Donovan's a dog. I think he's got it in for the Clippers tomorrow. This is going to be a tough night. I hope the Clippers even the series. I'm not confident in them tomorrow.
2: Yeah, you know. I <sighs> I think what the Clippers has got their legs underneath them. Uh they had a tough seven game series against Dallas. Uh playing in Utah uh does take a toll. Um Utah's sure. fan base is amazing. So I can't really base that I can't really base uh the first two games against uh the Clippers in Utah as as the stamp of the series. Uh I like what I saw with the Clippers this past game. And yes. uh, you know, Paul George showed me you know he he can be playoff p. You understand? Know
3: Absolutely. Hey, you know? him and him and Kawhi combined for 65. They shot 55 percent from behind the arc. And I want to give a tip of the cap to Ty Lue. He hasn't even started playoff Rondo the last two games. Made some great defensive adjustments mm-hmm. against Utah last night. Again, made the lane very crowded. Made it very hard for Donovan Mitchell to not only get his points. Which he made him work for the ball.
2: Yeah, and and that's the thing. That's why Ty is amazing, right? He's been he's yes. been coach. He's literally been coached by Phil Jackson. He uh, he was assistant coach with uh, Doc. You know, I mean, Ty's just—he has the experience. He won a championship as a head coach, so he has In the Cleveland, experience. Right. Exactly, he has that experience to be able to. Uh, he has the Tom Thibodeau kind of defense, and he can tweak it a little bit. Uh, you know, Ty is is a is a basketball mind uh, at the high at the highest level. So to, you know, I'm sure he's not going to let just one person beat him. They're going to have to do other things, and maybe Utah's not used to that, and they're used to hanging on to Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, and, and for me. You know, with this sprained ankle, because his ankle was sprained prior to this. That's right. Before that. That's right. So if it's going to keep lingering and you're beating him up and he's trying to get to the hole, and if Paul George is playing like Paul George should play and Kawhi is already just a normal Groundhogs day, it's going to be tough for Utah.
3: It's going to be tough for Utah. The acid test for both teams, well, actually, check that. The yeah, acid test for the Clippers is going to be they're going to have to win a game in Utah. And by the way, my eyes are all over the Phoenix Suns. They were 8 knowing in the bubble last year, and they're taking care of business this year. They move on to the conference finals to play the winner of Clippers, Utah. Final thoughts, Catino.
2: I like Clippers. I like yeah. Clippers evening up the series. I do. I like Paul George coming out of his slump that he's had for the past few, uh, you know, uh, playoffs. And um, I, I will. I want to see the Clippers, and I want to see Phoenix.
3: Very good. I think that'd be an outstanding series. I and if Kawhi Leonard can somehow do it again, that'd be his third team as well. I remember, but San Diego State. Good stuff tonight. Katino Mobley. He is Katino Mobley. I'm Bernie Fratto. This has been Fox Sports Radio on Fox Sports Sunday. But by the way, keep it locked right here. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, Chris Plank. And Aaron Torres in for Arnie Spanier. So keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio.
1: If you dare.
0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
5: Getting ready to take on spring?